Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Halbkasten mit Tom Reimann und David Bell. It would, it would be classic us. Classic us. Classic us. I'm afraid of this. This is a, this is a, this is a big responsibility that has been handed to me, and uh, I, it was a fool's errand. Is it? Is no, it a know. big responsibility? I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm gonna be a. Lo- My energy's gonna be off, by the way. I can hear it. Are you sick? No, it's just early. Like I, I do oh. like doing podcasts early. I do like it. Like it doesn't. I don't think it affects the quality and it gets, you know, but we normally do this at night. Right. Uh, and so like my energy is weird then too. It's just a different type of weird. It's just different weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like like fresh Dave energy. Are you you like a, what time are you up? I'm not at any, I'm not an anything person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're an amorphous, undefinable person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, when I drank, I wasn't a morning person, but that's just because of sure. hangovers. Right, of course. Uh, and so now I found that I'm more of a morning person now, but I'm not, uh, I, I, like I said, uh, I'm not an anything person. What about you? Are I'm you a, a morning I'm or are 100% you? a morning person, uh, okay. which I don't mean to be, but like, uh, like I'm up at five every morning. Like that's who I am now. Right. So, like, I've already gone for a walk, eaten a meal, uh, done my prayers, uh, written pages in my screenplay, and watched trailers, and it's only 11 o'clock. I've done all that today. No, that's why I do like being a morning person. Like, when I was getting up around more like 7 or 8, it was cool Mm -hmm. to, like, get a lot done early, because then you 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 can relax. Well, uh, that's the whole idea. That's why... Whenever I got to record with Abe and he's like, okay, let's do it early, like one or two. I'm like, bro, that's the middle of my fucking day. Right. And uh, then and we it, fight for an hour. It's great. Yep. Every time. Yep. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah, it's really no, good. No, it, it's, it's, it is nice because once people are waking up when you're like, oh, I'm done. Like, yeah. then you can just enjoy people's company. That's what I want to do. Now, granted, when I right. say people's company, I really just mean play video games and make people watch me do that. That's yeah, really it's company. what I mean. It's some company. Uh, when you when you and Hunter are drifting by, it's usually company. Yeah, we're you know? company. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I already know your second cat, who I've not actually met yet. Uh, oh, you'll I've... you'll meet him eventually once he becomes. He he's still Heidi. He's still a little little Heidi puss. Yeah, is he so accepting eventually. pets? Is he accepting them? Yeah, he is, but um, begrudgingly still. You know, sure. I, he he took pets yeah. uh, last night without running away. I didn't have to corner him to get the pets, so that was good. So he's basically at the same level of intimacy that I am with you and Hannah. <laughs> exactly. Where he is. Yeah. Right, I well, to I understand you where he's pets. coming from. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A thing you would definitely do. Right. Uh, you would absolutely do that. I'm listening. Listen. I always listen. Yeah. I'm, I'm welcome to babe. Hypecast. <laughs> oh, my God. Welcome to Hypecast. Oh, the, oh my God. That... Alexa, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> Alexa, this is, stop. This is going to be the worst episode of Hypecast that's ever happened. <laughs> this is... I'm, get ready. <laughs> get ready, I didn't even everybody. Finish. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> get re- hold welcome, on. <clears throat> what? Welcome to Hypecast, the Hypecast. show where we get hyped about stuff and things. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Bell. And I'm your Tom, Adam Ganser. Welcome, uh, Tadam. <laughs> Thank Tatum you. Tadam sir. Yeah, Gansman. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, when someone, when someone becomes a Tom, inhabits a Tom, is it my role to keep us on track today? Is that what no, I'm supposed to do? I don't, I don't know. That's a huge mistake. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, Shouldn't yeah. do it. Listen, we're just yeah. gonna we're just gonna see where this goes. <laughs> well, I know for where the it's next gonna go. Three or four hours. Exactly. <laughs> all right. All right. I don't. All no. Right. No. Well, don't try uh, to prevent it. Like, let's just fucking. Accept I'm not gonna train. try to prevent it. Um, okay. I am gonna try to. I'm gonna. Do, I'm gonna get us to the producers, and then we can. Sure, sure. And then we can sure. take our clothes off and run wild. Thank you. You're really. Uh, you're really dominant right now, and I appreciate. But that. thank you, Adam, for hey. being the co-host. Thanks do for you asking. Wanna, uh, do you, you want to plug anything? Oh, thanks for asking. Right yeah. away. I mean, you know, if any of you haven't heard of my video game show with Michael Swain called One Upsmanship, that's now on the iHeart Network. Hey, check that out. And if you do, if you have heard it and you like it, give it a rate and review so it. Uh, you know, reaches more ears and so on. We're planning some really cool guests. We're planning some really cool games. Uh, nice. So get ready. Yeah, yeah. We're we're full time Game Boys now. So get ready for that. And uh, you know, you know my stuff over at Small Beans. And uh, that's all I got for now. Thanks for asking, Dave. Of course. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> bada, bada Bing, bada as you bing. always say. Hey, did you know that was improv? Did you know that Bada Bing was improv? What do you mean? So like. I found this out when uh, when James Cowan died. Uh, so, like, that line, bada-bing, that's such a mafia thing, he improv right. it on the set. It's not. It was not a written line. He just. It's like a thing that came out of his head. And he was just like, yeah, it's yeah, something bada like bing. mobsters would say. Yeah, exactly. And it just became this, like, f- feature. It feels racist. I, I mean, it probably is. You know, like... <laughs> it's uh, such gibberish. <laughs> what like, is? Yeah, oh, the like, Italians yeah. are saying bada-bing. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what it is it's yeah. his mario impression that's exactly, exactly. what it is god that's mario exactly should have said bada bing that's when exactly. he jumped and shit <laughs> sh- give me the god, hey. exactly. god that's i want a mod done. i want a mario mod where yeah. he oh fuck i want mario sopranos that's what i want yeah. i want him to come where home. he's Carmella. just tony soprano yeah. <laughs> Carmella, can you put out the gabagoona <laughs> right okay yeah no you are right that's what i want <laughs> um okay shit producers most of right. our bits producers. most of our bits are mario related that's a thing i've realized yeah we do that don't we we love the mario we really do we love them yeah so much um all right producers big thank you these are producers for the show yeah they're yeah. lovely yeah yeah uh big thank you to hombre hombre <laughs> <laughs> that hurt oh, my throat. That, yeah, wow. Hombre, you hurt my throat. But thank you uh, anyway. Thank you to Heathcliff's helping handfuls. <laughs> handfuls. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you to the conveniently placed self-destruct button on the top of every every baby's head. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Samuel Beckett's Donuts and Mortgage Emporium. Thank you. Thank you to Snapper Car Punches God in the Dick. 
Thanks. Thank you to at Nerd Numbers. Thank uh, you. Thank you to Mike the Lurker. Oh, yeah. Thank you to Dracula. Love. Uh, sorry. Uh, mixing up two of them. Dracula, the bus driving vampire. Sure. Uh, and thank Thanks. you to Brockway, loves the meat Millie. Although Dracula <laughs> probably also loves the meat Millie. Who doesn't love the meat Millie? That's true. I mean, you know. and, yeah. Thank you to David Knife Boot. Knife Boot. Henson. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Hey, let me get in here, Dave. And Tom, oh, Tom the yes. fuck out of this. Let me get in here. Thanks to Grumblebee. Thank you. Thank you to Screaming Horse Pyramid. Thank, Thank you, you to Look Mime on a Podcast. Thank, Thank you to you. Zex Marquise the Lightning Baron. Thank you. Thank you to Deborah's Awesome, Barbara's Great, and Cancer Can Go to Hell. Thank you. Oh, God. Uh, thank you to Numina <laughs> Ultra Microscopic Ilva Volcano Ogniosis Anti Disestablishmentarianism Jones. And that was pretty good. I did okay. That's all you're getting out of me, bro. <laughs> That's the thanks I get. It's Numina it. Ultra Microscopic Silico Volcano Coniosis. Wow. I didn't know I was taking a test to be Tom today. Does he, I know. Does I he know. just nail I this understand. every time? Does he just What's nail that? it? Does Tom just nail well, it? You, get, you, you learn it. You learn it. I had it for a while. Whew. I had to do it. And then Tom had to do it, and after a while, you just you just like I don't read the text and say, "Oh, that's clearly what that is." I have just memorized phonetically okay, how yeah. to say it. Yeah, reading it is, uh, yeah, it's an eye, it's an eye spasm for sure. Uh, but anyway, yeah. yes, you have turned me into a seal clapping for fish, sir, and I thank you for that. I thank you for that <laughs> meta awareness. Thank you from to the baby from Eraserhead. Thank you. Thank you to Chiz Lily Tits. Really like Chiz. Thank you. Thanks to these seven Bs. Thank you. And thank you to my all-time favorite, Breezy Ruizy. Thanks, Breeze. I love Breezy. She knows I love her. Yeah. She knows. She Uh, knows. She knows. How could she not know? Basketball to you, buddy. Uh, Hey, Dave, we got some trailers. We got a few. Yeah, we do. You want to talk about them? No. I don't do that. All right, fine. We could do more about Mario. Let's talk about (laughs) them. We can talk about Mario. So much more. No, we have a trailer for Wednesday. Yeah. This is a series. You'd never know it from the trailer, which is not a bad That's thing. That's interesting. I think you would, but but I but please continue because I'm intrigued what you mean by that. It just felt uh, I uh, maybe all right, maybe this is just personal. I just didn't know it was a series and when I watched this I was like, that's going to be a fun film. And then oh, I looked it up. Um it is directed by Tim Burton. The series. That's uh, okay. All right. Uh, I, I don't hate that. Uh, right. Did you like this? Were you in on this? What did I do this? Were you, were you in on this? Did you like it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not. I liked the original Adams Family. I sure. like a. I like a good classic Tim Burton, and so this feels like those two elements, right? Like Tim Burton has been very hair miss for me lately. Yeah. Right. But, like I, I enjoyed what was it that Dark Shadows one, uh, for what it was. Um, if if there's ever been a property that he just inherited that he should knock out of the park, this is probably it, right? Right. This was one where it like I literally stopped for a second. I was like, wait, has he not been associated with Adam's family in the past? Because I just kind of assumed. Um, but yeah, no, of course he's doing this, right? Yeah, he should absolutely be the one doing it. I, I, I think the credit they gave him in the trailer was interesting from the mind of Tim Burton. Yeah. It's just a funny credit. Whenever, whenever I see that credit, I think, oh, he produced it, right? Like that's what that red flag is. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the Nightmare Before Christmas from, from the imagination of Tim Burton. And it's like, oh, he didn't actually write it. 
or direct it, Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a really um, vague credit, especially when you know the Adams family pre-exists Tim Burton. So what right. are we talking about here? Yeah, uh, from the mind mean? of Tim Burton, like I, I, I disagree. I don't think so. I think that's <laughs> yeah. not right. <laughs> Hard disagree. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. And so uh, let's rewrite that. Yeah. It's weird that they didn't just say from director Tim Burton. Right. Why? Or like, just, right. What's that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Or are just we doing directed this? by Tim Burton. Right. Like, let us know the thing that we want to happen is the thing that happened here. Right. You know? Because, like, again, it felt vague. Yeah. I, I honestly thought they were hiding something. I really did. I was like, what does that fucking mean? He looked that's at the script. Literally, yeah, no, that's why I Googled it. That's why how yeah. I learned it was a series. Because when I saw that, yeah. I was like, what do they mean? What is his association with it? And then it was like, oh, he's directing it? Yeah. We'll just say that. Yeah. Right. Stop it. Very weird. Stop it, trailers. Uh, just stop it. Hey, stop but it. this is Hogwarts, right? Like that's what this is. Is it's that Wednesday. what? Yeah, I yeah. think that's what it is. Is yeah, she's it's going Wednesday to like to Hogwarts? She's going to like creepy goth school or what? Whatever. But they're also um, magic. It's Hogwarts. It's it's Adam's it family is, Hogwarts. It is. Yeah, you know. Uh, and I don't mean that's Which, not a belittling thing. Hogwarts was fun. Let's be no, I mean, but that you know? is that is kind of a red flag um, in the sense that they don't know what to do with it. If that's the case, you know what I mean? Uh, it definitely feels like a project that started with, how can we get the Adams family back and, like, contemporize them? Well, let's start with Wednesday. She's probably the most interesting figure right now to us. What could happen to Wednesday? And then they got right. to Hogwarts with, like, two more jumps. Yeah, and they're not wrong, because I would, I would argue... I mean, I really like those Adams family movies, for sure. Uh, it was always weird that it's sort of surrounded like Uncle Fester was like right exactly the main character. He's the protagonist, and he shouldn't at be. least in the first one. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like he is even in the second one. That's the one where he gets married or whatever. He's certainly like the catalyst for things. Like he pushes things forward. Right. Uh, they and it's all- like ah, uh, you know what all the kids love is like old old bald, uh, right. uh, like creepy <laughs> dudes. Yeah, played lunatics. by yeah. Like, played by Christopher Lloyd, which is like, I mean, they weren't wrong. No, Christopher like, Lloyd could, is a treasure, and we love him. Right. But I, I, I mean, could, as the main character of a creepy thing, I don't know if that's the right call. Right. You know? It Well, again, it worked at the time, but I can see now where they're like, we're making it modern. Who's the character that would get the, you know, speak to people? Oh, the teenage girl. Let's make something for teenagers i would say that's what this probably is right this is for teenagers yeah as it should be because i don't it's it can't be for you and i i don't know what it would take to get us to go to the theater so it's got to be for kids so that alone makes sense i would argue those old movies actually did struggle with feeling focused because they didn't pick a protagonist i think this is a smart move you know yeah no uh, no i uh, i agree i like that like as as much as i like those movies I think those movies, uh, they they survived by the pure charisma of the people involved. You know what I mean? Well, they survived by the delightful MC Hammer track uh, yes, that propelled that them into into the number one Billboard spot or whatever. Sure, you know. <laughs> Don't make me sure. rap at you, Dave, because I will. Don't make me do it. <laughs> I've, we've watched them. Were you there when we watched the no, music video for it? I would not it? watch oh. that. 
there's no reason for me to watch it. It's uh, a good music video. Oh, of course. I honestly, all those like Vanilla Ice, MC Hammer songs for movies, they all have like a kind of warm place in my heart because they're so oh, yeah. bad and good. You know, the music video. It's not. It's not like the Seal Batman Forever music video where they just take clips. No, like. <laughs> Raul Julia is in the music video, of like course. sword fighting MC Hammer and shit. Thank God. Like That's all yeah. we wanted. That's uh, awesome. Speaking of Raul Julia, by the way, all, another underrated performance by him. He has so many. But I'm, oh, way, yeah. I'm way in on Luis Guzman in this role. Way oh, yeah. in. Well, as it. people pointed out, he looks like the original comic. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes, he does. He looks like a Tim Burton cast. That's what Tim Burton's yeah. so fucking good at, is casting these weird cartoonish looking people in these roles, and they're, oh, yeah, and they're sure. perfect. And this is a perfect job of casting by Tim Burton. He's so good at it. Um, yeah. And I love Luis Guzman, personally. I would have I already been thrilled to hear that he'd married Catherine Zeta-Jones off screen. That would have thrilled right. me already. Let it Yeah, happen. and her as Morticia. Yeah, love uh, it. That works. It's, love it's it. great, yeah. Yeah, this is a cool... I'm in. I think this is a cool cast. I want to see this happen. I don't know if I'll watch it because it doesn't super appeal to me, but there's nothing stopping me from watching it other than being right. old. You know? This is... No, yeah, this is all This is all gravy. Because yeah. it's just like, I have nothing invested in Adam's family as a property. Um, it deser- It's like, yeah, why not bring it back? We only made two movies. You know, we didn't oversaturate. This isn't like Peter Pan where it's like, man, we're making another... Uh, and then they got Tim Burton for it, and it's like, yeah, of course Tim Burton would do it. Um, <clears throat> you compare it to like the Rob Zombie Munsters, where you watch the trailer and you're like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah. Uh, and so like this, this is how you do it, right? It's just like, yeah, I know exactly who this is for. I, I it, it made sense who made it, uh, and it looks My- good. My only, I'm going to be on risky territory here, and I, I know that, but I'm going to, I'm going to plow ahead, and you can delete this if you want. The only, I'm thing not going to tr- delete it. The, well, we'll see. The only thing that troubled me about this trailer was they had her drop piranhas into a pool full of children and rip the and rip the genitals off of a young boy, and everyone right. was supposed to think that's fair. <laughs> and it was like, I don't know well, about that, man. <laughs> that seems a little over the top. Well, Am I that's, wrong? Uh, no, you're not wrong, but that, I think that's the point because that that actually was sure. one of the more reassuring moments for me. Because oh, interesting, okay. If you recall the original Adams Family movie, it's really grotesque. Does she like, murder they kill people? people. In that? Oh, oh yeah, okay. they do all, right. all sorts I, I, of terrible things in that. I was thinking so, of it as a PG kind of concept. So if they were no. always doing that, then then retract my concern. That just that's, felt very yeah. like, oh my god, really? That uh, that's. I thought they were going to dumb that down. And it okay. was like All right. n- almost nice to see something really morbid like that in in this. So It's pretty uh, gruesome. That's a pretty gruesome thing to do. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But it's not out of line for Adam's family is what I'm saying. Great. That makes yeah. me feel a little bit better about it. Uh, <laughs> in general, I'm against that kind of treatment of kids in films. Yeah. Uh, if you remember at the end yeah. of the first Adam's family movie, they uh they kill them. They kill the bad guys. And then they bury them possibly alive. Do they, they so they like, literally bury them and and Wednesday and Pugsley are like are they alive and they shrug. <laughs> and then they bury that's, them. <laughs> right. So but is it done I I mean I guess I don't need to nitpick this. I guess I my thought is like there is something it's also like they talk about them like they're sterilizing him like it's better for him not to procreate. Right. Also seemed honestly, pretty harsh. I was like, ooh, I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, honestly, it's th- that's a little weird to me. Yeah. I 
I honestly would have preferred them to just kill the kid. I think like, that I know that's weird to too. say. Yes. Yeah, but... Th- no, this I is, don't think right, it is this, weird. Yeah, my only bone to pick with that is a bone to pick with uh, modern... Like, it's not about w- this trailer. It's about modern... The way... Uh, I don't know. It's the fact that it's like these cartoony CGI fish and, and it's like a, a ball-biting moment where he's like, oh! Like, it... it I, I it's this is such a weird conversation. I appreciate sure the violence. <laughs> I re, I do appreciate the violence of it all, but it almost felt like they pulled their punches a little bit. And then oh, you think it should have been worse. And then the equivalent of pulling your punches is biting the genitals of a kid off, which is so weird to say. But it is like you know, like in kids' movies where like the bad guy gets kicked in the balls and they cross their eyes, and That's somehow that scene was- is like. That's what this Funny. was trying to be. I think, exactly, right? except it's a piranha eating. So it does feel like it's a little bit in the twilight between like, all right, well, if you're going to just do it, do it. You know, have I them stripped having, to skeletons. Yeah, that's what they should have done. I like if I, that's what I was thinking when you were explaining. Well, they used to murder people, and I agree, murder is worse. But I think I don't know if it's worse to consume it than like to have this kid get his balls chewed off in a pool. And then right. to comment on that's what's happening to him. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's like is, he shouldn't procreate. Like, we're literally tearing his genitals off. I don't know, man. I think death might be a better punishment narratively here. Uh, it's, but, it's, hard, it's so hard to, like... Nuance this? You, you're, you're right. And, like, it's so hard to explain that because death is objectively worse. But tonally, there's something about that version where he just gets eaten by piranhas that feels more in line with Adam's family. It feels more uh, horror tropey and less like yeah. a, and less going for a kind uh, of like a just, a, but but mixed with a justice oriented like right. like high five moment. It's like both of those things, right? That's what's right. weird about it. Uh, anyway, uh, we spent enough time on piranhas chewing yeah, the kids' genitals time off. I at think this teenage boy's yeah. genitals. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about Slumberland. Are you Slumberland. Sure? <laughs> we can yes. keep going, Dave. No. Uh, yeah. No. I want to I, talk about this. Thank you. It's uh, the director I, of Constantine, Adam. <laughs> that does absolutely nothing for me. Okay, uh, it's you the director of I Am Legends. I okay. Am Legend. All right. Singular. You know what did do something for me? Uh, Coach Taylor. Like, boy, if there's an actor like Kyle Chandler who just gets me immediately like, hey, man, I'm willing to watch you. I don't know. Oh, like, yeah. He's like, no, he's like top five for me. I love Coach Taylor. I think he's so fun and such a great actor. Uh, so, hey, I was all the way in immediately with this. Here's what I'll say about this. Is it's ready. based off a book. Yeah. Uh, it looks good. It looks visually good. It's obviously it's not for us. It's for kids. Um, this has to be the most generic premise for a fantasy. Because, like, you look at, you look at uh, like, never story, right? What? Yeah. It's the Sandman meets Inception. That's what it is. I, it's Inception, yes. But yeah. I guess what it, it's... So, for people who haven't seen the trailer, it's a, it looks like... It's like Princess Bride style, where it's a father putting his daughter to sleep, telling her mm-hmm. about a land called Slumberland that's full... That's a dream world where you can do anything... And apparently that means conjure Jason Momoa uh, looking like a maniac. But my point is that... I liked his look. I liked his look. His satyr-looking horns and stuff. I was in. I just... I want a version of this because the concept of Slumberland, a land of dreams 
where anything can happen being told to someone before bed sounds like something a frustrated dad would make up on the fly to get his kid to go to sleep. 100%. And I want that. I want that version where he's right. just like, I don't know, fucking slumberland. All right. I'll tell you about because it's again, it's it's like, what if there was a land that was dreams that happened when you go to sleep and then he and ends like, up having you, to go there. Right. Right. It's called slumberland. It's like, no, that's called dreaming. You're describing <laughs> dreams. You lazy <laughs> asshole. Like, yeah. Buy a book. Yeah. <laughs> right they, they they they're treating it like they made up the concept of dream right exactly yes they are doing that like oh my god yeah. the wonder of dreams it's like now nah, man that's yeah. i'm sorry now nah, you're way too late to this party right uh i agree uh, with that critique i have a different one are you ready for it dave yeah yeah this is another nitpick and i'm sorry uh okay. how old would you say this young woman is or this this girl is i don't know I would say she's probably, I'm going to say between 13 and 15. Like she I know might she, be, yeah. She, she's probably not a lot younger than that, right? So, yeah, she's, <laughs> she should be doing drugs, right? not Slumberland. Why yeah. is she getting a story at all? She's too old for this. I remember right. the day that my mom stopped wishing me goodnight. It was like when I was eight years old. She's like, you're too old for this now. And I was like, okay. And I accepted that. This woman, this young woman, five years older than that. <laughs> is like taken up with the wonder of a very basic sleep world that if she'd read the sandman comic would have easily disposed with it you know what i mean like easily disposed. oh yeah of it. my guess is that she's playing younger because you know they always get older older uh uh people to play younger they, roles right they only do that usually they only do that because it gives them more time to shoot so right. like when you're if he if she's like standing in for a ten year old that's not a big difference, mm. you know what I mean? Like they usually do it when they can get somebody who's eighteen that looks the part, so that they don't have to limit the amount of hours they can work. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for like idea. high school kids. Yeah, but once so, yeah, but, when they're playing a kid, it's like there's nothing you can do about it. Not much. I mean, the, there is differences in t uh, like time allowed. There that is a thing. Uh, right. So, but I so I guess you could like oh I'll get a fifteen year old who looks ten I guess that's possible but I doubt it you right. know I doubt it yeah I think she probably is close to the age and it just felt very much like she's too old for this uh, that bothered me right she yeah drugs Dr she's at drug age <laughs> that's what he should do he's like listen you want a story and then he just like throws her a bag of cocaine right says yeah. like this will keep you up but you'll be tired after trust me. <laughs> <laughs> This it's, is where you man, are, trust me. This, uh, I get real wrinkle of time, wrinkle in time vibes. Like, if people are wondering what the tone is, it, this is, this is why I'm for this movie. Okay. Because, did you see Wrinkle in Time? I, is that, is that the Scorsese one? Which one is that? No, that's Hugo. Wrinkle in Time okay, is the one Hugo. with Giant Oprah. Oh, no, I didn't see it. No, that didn't, that didn't work for Old Bear. I didn't watch it. No, it's not for you. Yeah. It wasn't for me and Tom either. Uh, what I guess what I'm getting at is that Wrinkle in Time uh, at least brushed upon the, the, the old tradition of making kids' movies designed uh, by people who hate kids and want to terrify them, like the <laughs> right. witches, you know? Right, 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 right. Wrinkle in Time doesn't quite have enough of it, but it has, it has some moments where you're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, and like, I, I think maybe Slumberland might fall into that tradition as well, which is a great tradition, which is teaching kids about fear. You sure. got to teach kids about fear at some point. 
and so I'm hoping there'll be some really fucked up weird shit for kids to get traumatized by in this movie. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean, I agree. Uh, Is that so much to ask? No, it's not so much to ask. Uh, So you'd think that that would be contrary to my note about let's not have piranhas chew off a young child's genitals. Uh, But it isn't quite because I, I actually do think there's value in making something that's legitimately frightening for kids in a story because yeah. I think kids are old enough to understand that a story is contained and can't really hurt them. I mean, at a certain yeah. age, you know, and that makes it good because they're processing that. And this does seem toothless. Like there's no conflict at all in the trailer from what I can tell. Right. It's hard to right. tell what it even is from the trailer. Cause again, it's, I watched it. I was like, so dreams, it's about someone having dreams, right? Dreams. <laughs> like there's, there's no right. stakes. You're acting like you've invented a world, but you're literally just describing someone having dreams. Uh, I hope maybe there's more to it than that. I don't know. It just, yeah, it looks like an amalgam of a bunch of things we'd seen before, too. It's like a little bit of Inception, a little bit of Sandman, a little bit of Big Fish. Yeah, Jason Momoa is like a goat person. Yeah, he's a satyr. It's a little Narnia-esque. Yeah. Uh, It's, yes. It is, it very much feels like if you took a bunch of, like, fantasy movies and put it into a computer and ground it up and saw what came out. It's just everything, right? Well, it's I, all the I fantasy I think the reason, movies. for sure, and I think the reason that they do that is because, uh, and we're going to get to this a bunch of times, because it's actually sort of a risk-averse way of doing a new IP. Right. right. Like, like, because a new IP might be scary or might be uncomfortable, and, you know, that's stuff that they don't want to, yeah risk they don't want to risk i would ar- yeah i would argue that that is um you're right i would argue that that's not um new like i would no, argue indiana jones new. was that right i agree like yep. yeah um, i agree everything yeah kind of comes from something but like th- i think i think what you're circling is that this feels even more so like it doesn't feel like it has an original bone in its body. This feels algorithmically created. Yeah, uh, and it feels and the trailer seemed content to say you're gonna watch this because it's because it's everything you've already seen. And that's like that's when the artist in me instantly gets defensive. I've been on this podcast a hundred times and said this a hundred times, so I'm not gonna say it a bunch of times more. But you know, we should ask for them to at least pretend to make a thing that feels new and sell it to me that way, because that's yeah. why I would need to see another movie. You know, like right. make make me earn the earn my eyes here. You know, and I don't feel like yeah. they did. It's hard out there, as, sure. as we'll go into. Sure. Uh, in terms of like being a creative now, it's really it's hard. Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you want to talk about the next trailer? Oh, Dave. Yeah. Now, this Dave, is, this is... Go ahead, please. Please, Dave. All right. This is the greatest beer run ever, directed by oh, Peter boy. Farley. Oh, boy. Academy <laughs> Award-nominated director. It streamed across my eyes, and I was like, oh, yep. my God, that's right. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. This is about a guy going to Vietnam... He sees all these protesters protesting the war. He says, we want to show them that we still appreciate them. And he goes to Vietnam to bring them beer. uh, Only to, I think, realize that things aren't so cut and dry over there. Like, I think the idea is he's going to slowly realize, like... Oh, there is reason to protest. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Um, But also, it's going to be, like, uh, you know, a little centrist. And then it's like, yeah, but it's not the soldier's fault. Um 
it's supposedly based on a true story. I highly doubt that. Uh, it's, I mean, they went to great pains to say that. Yeah, you know. but they don't, you know, they can lie. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, you can just lie. Listen, I have a lot to say about this trailer, but I think the most important thing I'm going to say on this and really any of these, because this, this question applies to a number of them. <laughs> so I hope you're ready. And okay. this question is, would you rather, would you not just rather watch the jackass version of this story? <laughs> no. Wait, what does that mean? Watch those jackass guys do exactly this idea. Oh, yeah, why not? That would be so much better. Like, let's let fucking Johnny Knoxville do a beer run into a war zone <laughs> for a jackass stunt. Let's do it. That's going to be so much better than this. Am I wrong? Yeah. No, and all, yeah, right. All the trailers. Yeah. Wednesday, Adam, we should have had uh, Johnny Knoxville get his, his <laughs> testicles eaten. <laughs> right. You know, like, there's going to be more. I'm telling you. Uh, there's going to be yeah. more. The jackass Damn, I version. I should have included. There's a tr- there's a new series coming out with Johnny Knoxville, and I didn't include it mm. on this because I didn't. I, we were running out of space. Sure, sure. Uh, that's okay. You know, he lives forever in our hearts. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Uh, here's here's the number one reason I want to watch this. Great. I'm I mean, ready. one. I'm sure it's fine. I mean, that said, Peter Farley has not given me any reason to to think that. Uh, after Green Book yeah, or whatever, Green, Bo- uh, Green Book was a C plus movie for me. Yeah, like I, I didn't yeah. hate it. I just, it, but I if it if it hadn't been up for Academy Awards, I would have thought that was okay. Right. You it's know? the yes. It's when something's propped up like that that you're like, okay, slow down, everybody. Yeah, exactly. This movie is listed as in two hours and six minutes, which is like, okay, that's too long. Uh, that's a bit long. N- yeah, yeah. The number one reason I want to see this is to see Bill Murray in it because it is Ben. Yep. A while since Bill Murray has played someone who isn't Bill Murray. He's been on autopilot. Like I, I love Bill Murray. He's you know, uh, he's he's shaped so much of my sense of humor since I was a child. But like, he he hasn't in terms of comedy, doesn't do much except be Bill Murray. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's he's been content to be sort of a self parody for about twenty years. Yeah, and yeah. on top of that, and this was this is really bleak. I honestly thought he was on his way out, and what I mean by that is like that I retiring. thought he was winding down his career. Yeah, and retiring. I, yeah. That's not unreasonable to have thought that based on his acting choices. Right, but yeah. he's always he's always loved to do weird, serious shit if he could. Um, but it, oh, yeah, it felt like all he was doing was like. Wes Anderson and Jarmusch films <laughs> until uh, the end. And it's hey. like, that. honestly, that's not bad. That's no, not a bad those thing. Those are two fun things that I like that he does them. Uh, I just appreciate knowing that Peter Farley had to, Farley or whatever, had to like pitch his answering machine for him to do this project. Oh, <laughs> you know yeah. Well, I mean? he, did, he did Kingpin, right? Right, right. He said but Farley I mean, Brothers, yeah. But I mean, again, the legend goes that Bill Murray doesn't have right. an agent. He just has an answer machine. So you pitch to the answer machine, and if he likes it, he does it. And if not, right. you don't hear from him. Yeah. I just love that idea. Oh, you me know? too. I hope but that's what happened here. I also, he's apparently also in the next Ant-Man. Sure. And so, like, Why not? yeah, that that's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to see that he's, uh, Bill Murray is, I don't know. He. I, I think a lot of this is just to fund him, him golfing, but, like... I don't know. It, I, it's I mean, nice to see him still uh, still at it. And then th- again, this this movie or this depiction in the trailer it was like, oh, he's really going for it. 
He's playing he's, he's doing a character. Something. Yeah, he's yeah. doing something. He's got an accent, and yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna get on. I'm gonna get on one soapbox, just one, Dave. Sure. I think this is the right one. Uh, this is another boomerized cultural narrative, and honestly, that's oh, kind of yes. what Peter Fairley does. I I think it's okay for us to say, like, with all due respect, I don't think we need more content about uh, sort of like how do we view today's lens through the historically significant boomer moments. Yes. Uh, not because uh, not, not I don't like boomers. It's not even that. I just don't think entertainment wise we need more of it because we've had a lot of that. Hard agree. Uh, and yeah, Farley yeah. with Green Book, this is another we're going to sanitize this thing, right? Or we're going to make it seem more centrist than it is. Because it is like the Vietnam stuff. It's just like, eh, it, it feels, I don't, I don't know. We've made so many things on Vietnam. So like, it, it seems it so silly for someone to pitch like how about another vietnam movie like if i was right. a producer i'd why? be like get out of my office <laughs> like, why like what do we have yeah. to say about it because the answer is oh well if it's about commenting on things that are true now uh which is almost certainly why this is being made and you know hey i get it that's who he is and i'm not trying to stop him right i'm just saying that like well what ends up happening is you reduce the current issues into palatable versions of them that we that are easily understood and nodded at and that resonates with people who are not grappling with those issues. That's what happens. Um, and, you know, I, I understand that some of these issues are complex, like, you know, the protesting and our military involvement and stuff. Like, I get that there are perspectives about that that not everybody lines up on. Putting it in the past doesn't solve that. If anything, right. it makes it worse because you haven't actually grappled with it. You know, uh, anyway, that's my that's my no, artistic right. counterpoint. And I, I just think that the boomer romanticizing and we're, we're not going to let these, this era go kind of stuff where it's like, you know what? You know what? I think this is a um, product of actually. I'm ready. I think it's a product of executives refusing to retire. And the fact that boomers have very much refused to retire and millennials can't get power because of it. And to the point that what's going to happen is millennials are going to get skipped over completely, right? Is like once boomers That's actually leave because they've just died, millennials will be deemed too old to be like uh, uh, a um, a, a voice. creative in voice. Cre yeah. yeah, exactly. Because that's what it is. Is like, why are we talking about fucking Vietnam still? Shouldn't we be like, like we were talking about Vietnam in the nineties? It's you know what I mean. Ago. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's an like entire be, adult generation ago. Right. Like, we were doing Vietnam movies in the 90s. By that metric, we should be doing uh, uh, fucking Gulf War shit. And, like, uh, we should be... And you never see be, that. Yeah. You never see that. You never see the Gulf War movies. No, There's been because some. the people making the decisions are all too old. <laughs> One presumes. I mean, that, that yeah. sounds true. I, you know, But then sometimes you look up the yeah, ages and you're I, like, well, wait, this person's a Gen Xer. Right, I have, uh, I have no, I have no nothing to back this I, up. I I suspect that it's because the the constant proclivity towards safety, like toward non like unrisky safe decisions. This right. is a safe decision. Vietnam is not a thing that's going to like rustle any feathers or anything. That's why, you know, it's and that's why we right, get World War Two stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's the same reason. It's like these are both now safe places to talk about human dignity and like you know complex moral issues because nobody's going to be offended by that right yeah it's like yeah but then it has no teeth you know oh, and then sure, so yeah. why do i care you know you get it oh i get it
<laughs> I get it, Adam. Now, do I hate the idea of the movie aside from that? No, it's fine. You're like, I can see yeah. a good version of it. It's okay. I, I stand by that it's mainly for me, Bill Murray. Uh and and yeah, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's fine. It's got Zach Efron for sure. why are we uh, I, I have nothing against Zach Efron, but I don't quite understand why he's in so many things. I, I'm guessing it's he's bankable. I've just never seen a yeah. thing with him that mattered to me. Uh, yeah, that, is, that, that doesn't mean that he's bad at all. Uh, I just I've never had the movie. I was like, wow, I really loved him in that. It just didn't. No, happen. that's exact. Yeah, that's exactly it. Is that I I don't think he's necessarily bad. I just haven't seen a movie I liked with him in it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- I mean, that's okay. Like honestly, if I was if I was being really honest, I'd maybe say the same thing about The Rock. Uh, yeah. Who, all, all except for Jumanji, which I thought was quite good. And like, South I love Tales. The Rock. Okay, I didn't see that. I love The Rock because of WWE and because of just his personality and all that stuff. But he's another guy that's just been in a bunch of things, and none of them super landed for me. Yeah, you know? I mean, he he. Uh... I feel like I was just talking about this with Southland Tales. Um, The Rock, he made Doom, right? And in my opinion, Mm -hmm. that was a good idea. And then then he became really famous. And then he did Southland Tales, which you don't actually have to see Southland Tales. It's not a good movie, but it's a really weird movie. Uh, And it's an indie, bizarre... It's the director of Donnie Darko, his follow-up. And no. The Rock plays completely out of type. And the movie was terrible. And it did not do well. And from then on, The Rock was like, only safe stuff for me. And that was a real problem. Because I, I do kind of agree with you, which is every movie with The Rock I watch, I go out of it and go, yeah, that was fine. And then I never watch it again. And I never yeah, think they, about it again. He just doesn't have a, the... I mean, and I've said this before He's on this safe. podcast. He's really safe. He doesn't point, have those Schwarzenegger movies. He just doesn't have them, you know? Exactly, uh, but I think he, as as the movie Walking Tall shows, or is it Walking Tall? The one with Schwarzenegger and him. Like, they pass each other. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Sean William they, Scott. I, don't, I mean, I don't, uh, you're, you're going to know uh, before I do. Walking. I'm looking it up. It's 2004, oh. Dave. People Using were always screaming at me. Um, Johnny Knoxville was in Johnny Knoxville. No, was in I'm, not, I'm not thinking of Walking Tall. <laughs> I'm thinking of the other one that he did during this era that people are screaming at me. I don't know Screaming either. with all their might. We, um, can sit, that, we can camp on this and look up all his movies. You want to do that? I'm, I'm going <laughs> through them right now. <laughs> I'm filling for you, Dave. Uh, I know. We're, I'm filling for me too. I mean, uh, I guess I, I will say I think dunking on a dunking on a star because they've made a bunch of movies you don't like is is always selective. Because if you look at anybody's film catalog that isn't like Robert De Niro or somebody like the that, Rundown. Uh, Sorry, the Rundown. That's okay. There's always like eighty percent movies that you don't care about and forget. That's just movies, for sure. You know what I mean? It's like, just I, we've been doing a podcast where we go through Schwarzenegger films, and it is. Yes. Kind of wild how subversive his films were immediately where he is not like yeah. you look at like he has several franchises like Terminator and Predator where you could argue he's not the focal point. And The Rock doesn't really do that. The Rock like I think The Rock wanted to because in The Rundown he has he literally has a part where Schwarzenegger basically passes the torch to him. 
Uh, and uh, then he never did anything weird enough. Like, he never did Total Recall, you know? I mean, I think that, again, it's it's a different era in that there aren't that many projects that a guy like him could do, probably, right. or would do. That's the thing, is, like, this might be a chicken or the egg question of, like, okay, so is The Rock turning down these, like, predators out in the world? Or is it that nobody is gutsy enough to make a predator, and therefore it doesn't reach his desk? Right. Or here's the question. You know? He definitely doesn't do R-rated stuff, right? The Rock, like, again, not, Doom, not much. Doom is the closest. Not much. Um, are we just old, and do people look at stuff like Jumanji and think, like, that's really out there, you know? Uh, How could I, they when it's a remake? I don't, I don't know. Like, a, a remake of a thing that was, like barely 20 years old right and then you look at this other stuff like rampage or skyscraper and it's just like yeah it all feels very forgettable uh i mean i don't know skyscraper is diehard but not it really isn't uh it's a real thing that it's a real thing that we're getting old dave like that's like because it is harder for a good movie to penetrate Penetrate. our like you said mm, penetrate I did. Thank you for acknowledging it. To penetrate our, our like our hard shell of movie knowledge, and yes. like again, the way I know this is when I talk to film students who haven't seen all the things and they never have. When I ask them what their favorite things are, it's always like, "Oh, I thought that was really derivative of X," and they'd never seen X. Right? You know what yeah, I mean, so oh, yeah. there is a generational aspect to it. There's no question about that. For sure, it's. I always the way I always think of it is uh, Marilyn Manson. Is that oh, when we were growing up? Oh. And parents were like, I don't like that Marilyn Manson. It occurs to me that I think most parents weren't like, he's shocking. They were just like, yeah, I mean, Alice Cooper did it and he's not very impressive. Like, I think that was more the case. I don't know if that's actually true. I think there was drummed up outrage. Um, But I think like when I think back of like stuff like that, where it's like, I feel like a lot of parents were probably just like, yeah, we did that, or our version of that, and our, in our, my opinion, ours is better. I don't know. I mean, I, don't I know, know if that's that a true. lot of people. The Rock, rejected, by the way, what's a that? A lot of people, a lot of people rejected Marilyn Manson purely based on aesthetic. Like, I don't know how many people actually got yeah, it, got know. mad at him because of their music. I doubt that. You know, right? Anyway, please continue. I don't know. The point is that I do think there is an element of like. Yeah, the older you get, the more it's like people, you look at something and you go, oh yeah, this is just a version of that. I already saw The Rock this, is right. um, doing a remake of Big Trouble in Little China, although that's been announced for like 10 years, so Lord knows if he's actually going to do it. Well, it probably isn't him holding it up. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it might be, uh, but it probably I isn't. I mean, I also think it's a lot, uh, first of all, like, I think there's more of a path now for an A-list celebrity to make a lot of money and like have an empire and like do that and therefore increase the longevity of their film career despite the good or bad quality of the movies than there was even 30 years ago. Yeah. Like even 30 years ago, if you're going to stay in movies, you had to be in big movies and they had to be a hit or else you'd inevitably fade. That's just what happens. You know, now it's like, I think if you're an A-list star, movies are a launch pad to the empire business of like, you know, owning a drink brand and owning a clothing brand and like owning real estate. You know what I mean? And like this stuff right. that sort of keeps you forever in that zeitgeist world. Uh, and I know that sounds a little cynical and I can't say that's what's happened with Dwayne Johnson, but I look at that and I see it kind of across the board with a lot of A-listers right. and I'm like, maybe that's what's happening. 
is like they the movies are not their first focus. You know, I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. Movies to me are nothing but light, Adam. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the sex? Dave, one? <laughs> I I got so mad immediately. <laughs> the first line of this, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Okay. <laughs> do this do is what the, you must. Do what trailer. you must, Dave. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I could talk about The Rock for literally hours. Oh, who couldn't? Yeah. I mean, the man won but my heart forever in 1999. Wanna, so Right. If we want to talk a movie yeah. that The Rock should have been in, it's Empire <laughs> of Light. The Sam Mendes, Mendes uh, <laughs> film about movies. It should just He should have been shot out of the lens of that camera that we looked at with yeah. the intimate close-up. This, uh, this is a very good director. A very good director. He deserves. He deserves beautiful films. Yeah, he deserves a watch on the basis of his name, not on the basis of this trailer. Yeah, you know what I mean. This trailer is what I don't. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, he is a he is. hmm. I think. Yeah, San Mendes has like Road to Perdition alone is enough for me to watch every film he does. Uh, American Beauty was still a good movie. American Beauty is, is a good movie. It's definitely American Beauty is very dated. It's very sure. Fight Club era where it's sure. like there's like, problematic stuff in it. Totally. Yeah. It's but the it's brave still, journey of an older white guy trying to fuck his daughter's friend. Um hundred percent a hundred percent, but it does mark a thing that was culturally true at the time. You know, which yeah. was that feeling that listless feeling that a lot of middle aged men were having. It it resonated for a reason. Is it problematic? A hundred percent. And it, but I, when I say good, I mean that it marked an important moment in film. Oh, absolutely! It's just yeah, it, yeah. it's now painfully pre nine eleven. That's all. It um, is totally yeah. But 100%. again, he's made so many good movies. Nineteen seventeen. What a fucking amazing great movie. movie! Absolutely, uh, he's made a Skyfall, lot of good films. Yeah, like like Skyfall. Even was great. hell, yeah. even I'll I'll even give him Spectre. Uh, I mean, I Ooh, probably should. I don't know. I don't know, Dave. Don't give. <laughs> I don't like give Jarhead. It, take it back, Jarhead Dave. was good. Jarhead um, was good. And so, like, that said is, like, he is hit or miss for me. Um, Or it's not even that his misses are, like, really big misses. They're just like, eh, not great. And this, I can't tell because it just feels like it's a movie about how great movies are. Uh, And that's never a good sign. If if I was the emperor of movies, if I was promoted to emperor of movies, you know, aside aside from it. Thank you. Uh, and everybody would wear a badge. You definitely have a badge, Dave. Mm-hmm. You've earned Thank a badge. You. Oh, Thank you, you know it, buddy. And a hood, a badge and a hood. You'd get it right away. Thank you. Yeah, buddy. Uh, these are the, the you know vote Adam for Emperor of Movies. Anyway, if I was Emperor of Movies, I would not let any Hollywood film be about the creation of movies or this art form of movies unless it's something like The Player. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, it's, if it's that, like the sort of the backstage drama of making a movie, then I would I'm say, or in it. or it's like Nope, which I don't know if you've seen. Sure. I haven't seen Nope, but I can accept I, that. Sure. Yeah, where it's a commentary on yes filmmaking in a specific, a very specific. I think what it, it it needs to be specific, or yeah, I I think you're right. Is it can also be like Living in Oblivion, where it's about like making or like Birdman, you know, where again it's a specific thesis. The ones that bother me are the ones that are just like, isn't aren't movies grand? Aren't they magical? Right, the artists, and it's like the yeah, artist movies. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's like, yeah, we, we don't have to do this. This feels like you just won an Oscar. I, I also get frustrated with even things like Argo, 
uh, a movie that's yeah. fine. But like Argo again is sort of it doesn't have any self awareness about the pro Hollywood piece of exactly. it. Exactly. And I just don't I just don't want that in a movie. Not and, and by the way, if anybody can relate to it, it's me and Dave. You know, what I mean, we're in the business, we get it. But like, I just don't think that stuff it, it needs to exist for an average moviegoer. For sure, you know what I mean. Like, I don't think that resonates for that, or maybe I don't know. Maybe it's resonating, and we're the you know fucking sarcastic dicks. Could be. I just think like, hey man, instead of being self celebratory, you know, like find a sentiment that everyone can relate to and a subject Here, yeah. everyone can relate to. Here's the you know? one thing I'll say that this has going for it, and this, yeah. if you paid attention to the trailer, you'll know the answer to this. I didn't pay attention to the trailer, so this was surprising to me. When do okay. you think this is set? Twenties. Or forties, like it, it's a the or maybe yeah, it's set in the nineteen eighties. What? And if you lock, watch the trailer, there's eighties skinheads in one scene. There's like an eighties hairstyle in another. Oh, it, it we there. I so I a hundred percent. I'm on board with you with this. Where it's it looked like it was gonna take place in the thirties, right? Like it the like style. It was a- the way they're dressed, they're all dressed like they're in the fucking 30s, all the main characters. It also, it was about an interracial marriage, I thought, which, again, put it in the past as like right, the, but a big issue. the 80s was like. still a problem. <laughs> that okay, was still yeah, a problem. Yeah. So, okay. like, that's, that's what, uh, I guess what I was getting at is everything we just said about that Vietnam stuff, this, this is making up for. This isn't boomer fantasy. This is at no, least isn't. 80s. Uh, so that's kind of nice, but this, uh, this could absolutely have something to say. Oh yeah, uh, like honestly, the, it could be awesome. It yeah, we're really just talking about movie. the trailer. The trailer looks, it's just so it's so. This should got tossed. This trailer should have got tossed. Like, yeah, and I, I mean I don't know. Like I if I, if it was I was the director of it, I'd be like I don't want to make a movie that has this whole let's celebrate the cinema thing. Like you right. know you know when that's good during the Oscars, and even then it's a bit much. But like. Right. That's what the Oscars are for. You know, let somebody else celebrate your film. You know, right. you just make a good film. That's that's the job. Uh, Roger anyway. Deakins is the cinematographer. Sure. He's amazing. Yeah. He's a I, genius. I, I, I guess, what, yeah. It's, it's again, Sam Mendes, like, this is going to be an amazing looking film. This I, movie, I this movie is going to look incredible. Uh, I'm very on the fence about the actual plot, but we'll see. Sam Mendes... Look, I'm going to read a summary at some point, and that summary is going to be like, oh, that looks good. And yeah. I'll forget all about this trailer. It, you know, like, because, you know, but we have a right to sort of react to the trailer given Absolutely. what it's presenting. Again, and, like, uh, you'd think at this point, any movie that's like, we're just going to celebrate movies, you'd think they'd know not to do that. Uh, but at the same time, I guess those not? are very successful movies. They, well, they again, always do well. Not only do they do well, but they also get. Uh, a lot of applause and hand clapping and stuff when it comes award season. Right. Like, I would say they're incentivized to make this kind of stuff. Yeah, you're probably right there. Yeah, La La Land is another one that didn't quite, like, that... It was fine. It was fine, fine. but they're always... The the praise, the hype is always so much more than they deserve. And then you end up hating them. Like, I always end up kind of resenting these movies for that Well, here's the thing about La La Land, and really a lot of these movies... So they're selling the Hollywood dream, right? That's what they're doing, almost always. Yeah. The problem is the people who judge them are living the Hollywood dream. These are people who succeeded. Right. And so this is their story. Like, it, it is a narrative that 
is true for them. That's why La La Land resonated so much in Hollywood. And whereas I think the rest of us are like, boy, oh boy, this is schmaltzy. You know what I mean? Like, right. Uh, where it's like, fuck you, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, because if I remember that movie is about like, um, if I recall, it's two characters not giving up on their dreams and, and like having out. in having instant success in like months where she's like, I want right. to be an actress. And then right. it's like, yep, you're an actress. It's that easy. And it's like, so, Jesus Christ. But a lot of the people who get into the Academy and stuff have a success story that is somewhat like that. Right. You know, maybe not overnight, but like certainly, you know, they have that, that huge rocket meteoric success. It happens. Right. It's, it's the idea. Yeah. It's good for them. But what they, a lot of them don't realize is that, it's like winning the lottery and then being like, oh, see, it's easy. You know, it's like, it's <laughs> like, no, it's, it really isn't. You just happen right. to go down the one avenue of million. You know, it's that. It's yeah. whenever an actor is like, follow your dreams. It's like, mm, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't always work out for people. You know, see, like you can't just risk tough, it man. all. It's, it's what I'll call the Star Wars prequels problem where sure. like, at a certain pro, at a certain point as a storyteller, success is actually stopping you from being able to imitate a world that people can relate to anymore because you're not right. in that world anymore. Yes, uh, and that's just that just is what it is. I like. I would hope if ever a movie success comes either of our ways, Dave, we'd stay in the same apartments. <laughs> You know right. I mean? And we'd like keep eating like trash yeah, and uh, keep doing podcast stuff and just I will, put, the money, yeah. put the money into charity or something so you can still tell a real story. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know. This is very judgmental. I, you know, that's just is how no, it looks from the I, outside. I, I think it's, well, I think this is really like vital in explaining the vibe from this movie is because none of, no, nothing in this trailer is deserving of this amount of judgment. But it's the vibe of the trailer of like we're we're going to talk about how great movies are that it invokes all these feelings right of I, detachment I of I, like this is a this is clearly a story told by very rich successful filmmakers who have no idea what it actually means anymore to like, to like make person, movies or even love movies. Well, they know what it is to love movies and make movies, but they don't know what it means to make a movie that's for an audience that they're connected to. Right. Yes. Because this is just them making a movie for their circle. That's what it seems like. Uh, You know, that's, that's how it looks from the outside. As as often as I'm critical of this filmmaker, I'll say one thing that makes Tarantino so great is he actually does know how to incorporate like Hollywood and filmmaking as a narrative point into his movies successfully. He does that really well. I would say he did it really well in, uh, the the Holocaust, not Holocaust, the killing the Hitler Holocaust. movie. Uh, <laughs> Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, they have that whole sort of like cinema and like love of film thing that's going on the whole time. And uh, and he really artfully wove that into a story in a way you're that was right. satisfying. Would you're you actually, agree? you're right. For all the things that annoys me about Quentin Tarantino, um, the, the self-congratulatory movie stuff like doesn't actually bother me as much as you think I think it would. That's interesting. No, no. I, even Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is more of a love letter to yeah, like I the would, era than the than filmmaking per se. Right for, for me. I don't. Know, I I would argue Tarantino's films are very masturbatory, right? Oh sure. Uh, for better or for worse, whether you like them or not, like you know, like 
he he it's very self-fulfilling it's very much look at me it's all about me uh but like surprisingly i don't i can't think of any like eye rolly we're gonna celebrate the magic of movies i i got no, there's gotta be in, something right once upon a time in hollywood there's gotta be something i've only seen that movie once with maggie Same and we here. both were pretty like er, er about yeah, it yeah i was uh, not into it but i i kind of want to rewatch it and like with now that i'm over it and sort of see like does any of it really resonate right uh i agree there didn't seem to be too much like yay movies like he does seem to have a more grounded sense of what is accessible to an average film audience i mean and we're all kind of guessing on some level with that stuff he knows what it means to be a movie fan and like a geek but he's always he's it's always look how obscure the things i'm into are Again, I, I generally find Tarantino films, like, they're fun. I think he's a good director, but his writing is really gets to me. That's um, so funny, because that's the thing everyone in Hollywood agrees is his best quality. Yeah. It's the one he keeps getting applause for, and he just they just won't applaud him for directing, and I think well, that's his quest. Yeah, I, sorry, I have to retract a little bit. His directing is very derivative, right? Like, by design, he... He quotes. He's he quotes steal, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I would call it stealing. It's it's uh, it's to me the same way Seth MacFarlane will like use just jokes from other things in Family Guy, and it's like yeah sure. you can think of that as an homage, but you're just doing their joke, and you're not like that's just like taking the thing. You're just taking the thing, and I mean, since you're pulling from like older stuff, people don't necessarily know either. So I don't know. I, I hear you. That's uh, that's one of those. Uh, great debate type things, my friend, like the origin of the universe and is there a multiverse and are artists allowed to steal? That's the question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause I don't know. I I don't particularly find his, uh, I I use quotation on purpose. I don't find his quotations disturbing. I think he does recontextualize stuff a lot, Uh, but I get that people don't and I see why it makes sense to me. Um, Can I say one more thing about empire of light? (laughs) Yeah. As the emperor of movies, uh, as the emperor of movies, I appreciated that there was one shot where they walked into a burnt umber looking scene that I swear was right out of that place where they shot Blade Runner 2049 with Harrison yeah. Ford, like that scene. Oh God, you're right. And I was like, is that the same fucking cafe? And then I realized it's Deacon's. That's why. Same oh, DP. that makes sense. You know, uh, and that's when I had to tip my cap to Deacons and be like, bro, you're my lieutenant general in this administration because mm-hmm. uh, he's so good at it, man. He uh, is really good. He's so evocative that I remember shots, like specific shots. Yeah. Uh, man, he's a genius. Anyway, he knows how to shoot stuff. That would um, be, honestly, dream come true, Dave. Dream come true. You and I write that film we're talking about, and yeah. then De- Deeks reads it as like, let me shoot that. And oh like, yeah, uh, yeah, bro. Well, <laughs> yeah, let's find bro. out. Well, listen, let's find out where he lives, and we'll bring the script to him. <laughs> yeah, he'll appreciate this. Yeah, that's I, how I like deals that we are made. Premeditated a crime on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that. I like that. Uh, speaking of yeah. crime, let's talk about Ooh. Lou. I love this, Dave. Loved I do it. too. I'm Loved a big it. fan of this. This is um, <clears throat> Journey Smollett and um, fuck, what's her name? Allison um, Janney. What's her Allison name? Allison Janney. Allison Janney. Allison Janney. Thank you. Uh, and she's Allison Janney is basically um, uh, old, uh, like uh, Liam Neeson. She's Liam Neeson. Yeah, like she's older badass. Late nineties Harrison Ford is what she is. Yeah, it's, it's, she's uh, doing 
an amazing, amazing yeah. job in this trailer. She's clearly like an ex-Marine or something sure. living in the woods. Sure. And uh, her neighbor, who she d- doesn't seem to have a good relationship with, gets her daughter kidnapped for who the fuck cares reason. Doesn't matter. And, Don't and care. Lou, yeah. uh, she has to just kill so many people to the point that I believe I see her demolish a lighthouse in this trailer to get this little uh, girl there was back? a couple lighthouses yeah. there was a couple lighthouses dave and i was like yeah this is the listen. right mix for old dave and adam yeah listen <laughs> it, it, it's <laughs> look it's it's kidnapping is bad but it, how many lighthouses yeah. until it's <laughs> until it's like so <laughs> much property damage yeah um <laughs> we need those lighthouses you know right. like how a ship the crash yeah, and there yeah. could be no, kids on that ship, you know? Like, I don't know. And, and you don't know what's going on at the lighthouse in general. If yeah. that one movie was any indicator, that's a whole other thing yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get involved in. It's during uh, a storm. Yeah, I am <laughs> mm, I am so into this. This is the director of Underworld Blood Wars. <laughs> yeah, sure. And Fine. um Oh, yeah. And here's Fine. the thing. This uh, this is a, a lady, Anna Forrester is directing. She is the uh, cinematographer for several Roland Emmerich films. Uh, yes, yeah, so she so, gets it. Yeah, yeah, she gets it. This yeah. I'm so excited. This this felt almost directly ripped out of the 90s and they just swapped Harrison Ford with Allison Janney. Absolutely. That's that's what it felt like. And I and I sat back and thought about it. I was like that really is I think my favorite use of this uh mechanic that we're into right now sort of like you know, revisiting these old tropes with different genders and stuff. Right. That is a good version of it that I, I'm glad they're making it. I think it's a good idea. Uh, we haven't seen it. I'm yeah. ready for it. You know, we, we were just talking about how everything comes from everything. Right. Yeah. Uh, and everything's derivative to an extent, but there's like a weird difference between like watching the slumberland uh, trailer where you're, it feels like kind of uninspired and watching this where it's like, okay, so you're doing this era of action, but you're doing this on top of it, uh, and that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, yeah. And also, like, personally, I love that Hollywood understands the potential of Allison Janney. Like, I, I, I've always thought, man, she's something special. Like, she even is. all the way back to West Wing. Uh, and I just, I, maybe she's just good with roles, like picking roles. I don't know. I don't but, know. like, I love that she's doing this i like i yeah this guy i got really excited about this i i think why not even if it's just a b movie so like so I, what I, yeah i'm into this looks it great. i'm into that yeah totally Completely. yeah i i have nothing else to say about it because it's just like i'm all in it's it's just a fucking action thriller uh in a storm that looks fucking it looks fucking fun as shit it does i love the name lou uh, oh yeah I, lou is a perfect uh, a perfect name. You can't say it without a little bit of a sneer, which I love. Yep. Uh, it's like I, maybe that goes back to Fight Club. With, you know what I mean? When right. when uh, Brad Pitt's just saying Lou over and over, <laughs> he's getting beat the shit out of. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I love the name Lou. I think it's great. I'm I'm weighing on this. I can't. I couldn't believe how much it got me, but it really did. Yep. Was oh, weighing. So speaking good. of speaking of getting me, the next one too. I really yep. like this one. This is this is as adult as a movie gets like you know, this is like mm-hmm. I, I this is one of those movies that it's like are you old watch this trailer are you excited for this trailer then you're old yep. uh this is I god's agree. creatures right. this is a24 it's a indie film about a fishing village 
where a mom is protecting, like lying for her son who assaulted a woman or rather is accused of assaulting a woman. But I, I mean, judging by this trailer, he probably assaulted that woman it in seems, this. Uh, I think they're trying to make that clear, actually. Yeah. In this right? close knit, yeah. like uh, island, like fishing community. And Emily Watson is the mom. Uh, and it's bleak and it's serious and I agree with you. I am into it. Yeah. I think this is, I mean, obviously we're doing this story a lot about, you know, men covering up their crimes and stuff and right. for good reason. I, this is, I think one of my favorite versions I've seen so far because it's, I, it, there's a maturity to it, uh, that I really like. I like the cast. I love I like the, the cast, tone. Yeah. Uh, it also just like, I, I had an interaction with a therapist that I'll always remember, like right when the me too stuff was happening, uh, where like some of the, some of the stuff that was coming out about Aziz in particular, like I was talking about it mm-hmm. with this therapist and the therapist was like, well, that's just dating. You know what I mean? Like, and she was an older woman and, um, she, and I was like, I don't, you know, like. Like, I understand what you're saying. I know that's what we used to say. Yeah, that's a real, that's some boomer stuff. I've had boomers say stuff where it's just like, oh, yeah, men will do that all the time back in the day. You just get used to it. And it's like, so interesting. She's, I mean, that was true in a sense that, like, that is what happened. And they did, she did get used to it. And she kind of came back to me later and was like, I appreciate that you push back on that because, like, I had to really think about it and realize, like, you're right. I don't know why we put up with that. Uh, which was a nice interaction, and I feel like this movie might be that. You know what I mean? Like it, it might, might be, be that. that I think it's also and- exploring a very dark thing that I've thought about for no particular reason. I've just thought about in terms of like whenever, whenever like I'm trying to think of a good example, but whenever in the news, like like a like a Casey Anthony happens, and you look at the family yes. around it, and they're like, right. "No, we believe our daughter; she's innocent." Right. And you're like, "Wow, she sure isn't." But like you think about what it means to be a family member of someone like that. Exactly. It's like, what else would you do? You know, like if your loved one did like a murder. Right. Like, I don't know if you have a good if you love them, if you're really like. So it's it's exploring that idea where it's this woman doing something horrible um, because of the love for her son, who's clearly a piece of shit. But it's like it's it's that it's it's like, what, what do you expect? Um, and it's exploring that idea, which is a very complex and, and dark idea. Uh, and, I dig and, uh, it. Yeah. I, I really dig it. Did you ever see the movie In the Bedroom? No. So In the Bedroom is a late 90s, maybe early 2000s, like very early 2000s uh, drama thriller like this. It was based on a short story by Andre Dubas uh, that I think had a totally different title. And the premise of that is essentially that, like, this guy gets involved, like, this couple, older couple, they have a younger son, I believe it is, and the younger son gets involved with this woman who has a sort of a troubled relationship history with her ex-husband, and uh, he gets murdered. Uh, Hmm. And so it's them sort of, like, having to deal with that, like, how do they process that? Um, And it has a similar kind of, like, coming to terms with it vibe that this has it goes in a very weird direction so it's probably not going to be that but i got a little vibe i got a vibe here i was like ooh, that's a that's a great that's a cool movie i hope this is like that uh anyway Hmm. this looks great i'm really into it yeah yeah i don't want to spoil it i don't want to spoil in the bedroom if you haven't seen it it's a really good film oh yeah yeah don't spoil it tom wilkinson was in it uh sissy spacek 
and Marissa Tomei, I believe. Ooh. Yeah, great cast. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, next trailer, final trailer. This is the remake <laughs> of Goodnight Mommy with uh, mm. Naomi Watts. <laughs> she, loves, she loves her horror remakes. Although I would argue Funny Games, it's the same director and writer for Funny Games. So that doesn't even feel like a remake. I don't know. Um, Goodnight Mommy. I love did her. you? Did I think you Naomi s- Watts is cool. Oh, she's fantastic. Did you see Goodnight yeah. Mommy, the original? No, no, I, I didn't know this was a remake. I, I so it was a fresh idea for me. Uh, okay, I'm not going to spoil anything. It this looks identical, identical uh, sure. to the original, which I would then say, you know, it's one of those situations. It was 2014, and it's like go see the original. Uh, this looks oh, identical to it. It's that so, recent. Well, then why that? are they redoing it? That's dumb. Seven years ago or eight because years Because it was a different language. Oh, no. Yep. That's why I'm, I repeat, just go see the other one. No, uh, no. Just watch the subtitles. You don't need to see an entirely new movie to that get sucks. around subtitles. Um, that said, I actually didn't like the original. I would still oh, okay. say go see the original. Because a lot of people did. A lot of people did like the original. Um, the, the, the people who made it, they also made The Lodge which I also didn't care for that much. Um, there, it's, two, it's two people. They make these horror films that have really good vibes, are really well made, but I would argue their writing is a little silly and okay. very obvious and I very... Mean, horror films, you know? What? I mean, horror films. That's a, that's a you know, sometimes uh, that's the genre, it's, right? It's, what it is is that both of the movies they make, they wanted to add twists in, and they both made the movies really kind of silly, in my opinion. Um, Goodnight Mommy um, has something in the plot that I th- thought was so obvious that I didn't realize it was supposed to be a twist. It's sort of okay. that. Um, okay. It's well, Again, they're well made, but I found them ultimately... I don't know. Tom liked it more than me. That's why I'm saying like it's, a, it's definitely a subjective situation. Okay. With this. I mean, as, as taste often is... Uh, I, as a person who didn't have any of those, that background, um, I did like, I did like it. It looked cool. It does look cool, Uh, doesn't it? Yeah. And like the more, and this is another example of why, what makes a trailer work is like, they gave me enough weirdness. I was like, okay, I'm kind of into it. And then they revealed a couple extra plot details to like, so I understand the main conflict of the film. Right. And that was interesting to me. I was like, okay, I like the main conflict of the film. That's like it. So it was a really well made trailer in that respect. But for I gotta who, say, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just gonna say for people who don't know, the premise presented in the trailer for this movie and the original is that two little boys, twins, their mom comes home after doing facial surgery, and she's completely wrapped up, and they are convinced that it's not actually their mom. Right. That's the premise. And, but the movie does, it, the trailer implies that they might be right. Uh, like, they, they imply that. Uh, so, of course they do, because otherwise it's not a movie. Uh, can I say, though, the one caveat I have about this? Sure. Uh, this entire story, the fault, it's, it's the twins' fault for being creepy twins. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, oh yeah. Anytime I have, like, so creepy, creepy twin, it's yeah. like, you're, you guys are creepy, so whatever the deal with your mom is, like it's half your fault. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's half Here's your what, fault, man. All right. I think I know what to say about these directors of the original in The Lodge is that oh, they very often... The Lodge is about a woman who's like an ex-cult member watching children, um, and they always get these really cool premises. 
uh, and they present them really creepily, and then they keep adding on to it. And that's that like was my much. issue with Goodnight Mommy. It was like one thing after another where it was like just just pare down your plot a little bit because they, they they add too many tropes. Like, uh, and 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 then it there's also like um a lot of logic issues where it's like wait why would they do that or why are they there you know like those kind of things. Um, like so it gets convoluted with too many ideas. Yes, there's too many ideas. Goodnight yeah. Mommy, I would argue. This is just the first premise in the trailer. There's a second premise. Like there's oh. a second horror twist and then there's a third. That. And the third I don't need that the third is so stupid. And so that's why that's that's what I'm getting at, which is like this trailer looks great just like the original one did. And then I was really disappointed when they just kept slathering more stuff on it. Uh that's all. Yeah, so maybe there's a committee aspect to it. Uh, I don't know, or or maybe just you know, I mean, it is hard to strip an idea down if you don't feel confident in it, right? Right, because that, that's what happens. Is like when you're writing the idea, like you suddenly start to doubt it, and then you're like, I'm going to add stuff to make it more interesting, right? And I I would you know? argue without again without spoiling anything, and this isn't really, by the way, it's not really plot twisty that I'm do- like I keep talking about twists, but I wouldn't that doesn't spoil the movie. I wouldn't think of it in that sense. Um, it's just like it's more of trailer twist where it's like, Oh, you think this is what the movie is. Then you watch the movie. Um, the second thing that they don't involve in this trailer that happens in this movie, really good, really, really good. It's just once they introduce the third thing, it gets stupid. Does that make sense? So like, I mean, there no, are, cause I don't know what we're talking about. I know. I know. You know, I don't want to spoil anything. this right now, bro. It's just that, the, that watching this movie was like, you pop on the movie, you expect one thing. Another thing happens, and I was like, oh, shit, that's really good. And then another thing happens, and it's like, oh, you ruined it. That's what it is. That's okay. the process. Well, I, I'm gonna, I accept your mapped out experience as being a, a real experience. Yeah. Uh, I, none, none of that's in the trailer, but I accept that. Dave. I know, I, I know. The, those concerns. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm so don't sorry. Apologize. Go <laughs> don't apologize. Go watch the original Goodnight Mommy. Yeah, you know, like th- then, I'm sure this movie is fine, but like if this if people watch this trailer and they're like, oh, I can't wait to see that. I have great news for you. You can see it right now. It's called yeah. it's t- called Goodnight Mommy, and it was made in 2014. So so watch the trailer, then decide if you want to watch it, then go watch the original, right. then re-listen to Dave's critiques, so that you'll know exactly how he felt about that movie, right? And you'll have, and you'll have truly been entertained at that point. <laughs> at that point, <laughs> you'll be maximum entertained. Only then will you have been entertained. <laughs> if you want to be entertained this weekend, that's how you can do it. Uh, we've given all the pieces to you, Adam. Uh, yeah, Dave. Yeah. Did you want to talk some more? Do you want to thank some more people? I do. Okay. I want to thank. Yeah. Big thank you to Davy Francis Nine. Davy goes to hell. <laughs> sure. Big thank you to. Oh, great. It's that guy. Thanks to him. Thank you to Chester's Prophet. <laughs> sure. Thank thanks. you to Definitely Not, Guillermo del Toro. Wow. Thank you to Brian, Suspicious. who Tom knows. It's true. That guy. Oh, I need to know who that is. Yeah, right, well, thanks, Tom Brian. knows him. Thank you to Bob yeah. Grenville. Thank you to Steven. Steven. Thanks, Steven. Thank you to Han Toomey, the confused cyborg. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. you. Thank well, you. I hope thank he finds you. his way. Thank, thanks so much to Asking Seven. 
Thank God, you. God, it's gorgeous. Thanks to Happy Ed 209. Thank you. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to Manschwitz Molotov says, economic solidarity is the path to paradise, comrades. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Tiger Drawers Pratt Thompson sings, raindrops keep falling on my head. Beautiful. That's how the B fifty. That's how the B fifty twos would sing it. Yeah, you're uh, right. Thank you. Uh, thanks to Dan Hackroyd. Thank you. Thanks to Cody Johnston's time machine noise. Thank you. Thank thanks you. to Pete Vorpagel. Thank you, Pete. God, I'm gonna fall asleep, Dave. You're you're, <laughs> you're you're coaxing me into sleep with your velvet tongue here. Mm. Thanks to listen to the hit song "Books Are My Aesthetic" theme from "If This Book Exists, You're in the Wrong Universe." Thank you. <laughs> so. Yes. Thank you. They're making a live action King Kong series. What a I hate this. <laughs> yes. This really hate this. <laughs> what what I would this, this be? This is like mm, I don't Why do I need a single extra minute of Kong of King Kong after the Peter Jackson version? Exactly. Why do I need it? He did it. It's done. He did it. In 10, 15 years, sure, do it again. The so Kong I can versus see it with Godzilla. I get that shit. Fine. But I'm just the the problem with King Kong is fundamentally the story of King Kong is a rampage. It's a giant monkey that goes on a rampage and is killed. To it's make also that got a, a history series, of racism. Yes, it's of stupid. Course. Yes, it's that's the other thing. It's a stupid monster movie. It just happened to be the first. Right? Like like why are we so afraid of new ideas? Come on. What I know. are we doing? Honestly, make a rampage TV show. Fuck it. That would be but more like, of an interesting conflict. Right. At least there's three of them then. Yeah, at least there's three of them. Um, it's just also like the story itself. It's not a. It's not a series. Like that's not. That's. It's a. Right. It's, a it's a story of a rampage. Again, it's. <laughs> right. It's very quick. The plot is very quick, and it's a very quick like uh, parable. That, like you pointed out, is quite racist as well. Uh, and we did it. We did it several times. Once with Jeff Bridges. Uh, you know, we we don't need any more of it. And I don't know why they yeah, would so say, let's also stretch it out. It's like making a Robin Hood or Peter Pan and being like, but also, let's make it like five seasons long. You know how people are sick of those stories? Agreed. Let's stretch it out. But also... I have to ask my classic question, Dave. Wouldn't you rather see the Jackass guys do this idea? Yes, I would. Wouldn't you rather see them make some version of a Hong Kong narrative or King Kong narrative? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just, just who knows what it would be? Probably dicks, right? Mostly made of dicks. Yeah, of course. You know? I mean, why not that? Yeah. Uh, I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. It'll follow the I, origins, I, I, according to Deadline. In a serialized action adventure drama that will bring the classic monster story into the modern modern age, so okay, so, <laughs> so like, not only is this episode- King Kong, but it's the most boring part of King Kong. It's going to be all on Skull Island. It's a Skull so Island I- series. <laughs> So this first episode is going to be an hour-long version of 2001 A Space Odyssey's first act. Yeah. Where it's just like, how was Kong born? And it's his family fighting right. other troops of gorillas until finally the giant like the giant one is born. The King Kong it's, stuff sounds is horrible. probably the, the worst modern example of the MCU bleeding into other franchises, right? Where they're trying to do a King Kong cinematic universe for the longest time. And it's and it's like, yeah, I mean, it kind of works, but it also super doesn't. 
uh, and is mostly mediocre, right? Like most well, of the Kong I, and Godzilla movies have been like they've had some great moments, but they're generally speaking like kind of noise. And they kept implying that on Skull Island there were there were once other Kongs, and I think that's what this is going to be, right? It's going to be like so what? It's going to be the story of so Skull what? Island with like the tribes and like a bunch of gorillas running around. So, no, I highly I agree. So what? So it's going to be Jurassic Park. They're going to make Jurassic Park. I don't know. I don't. I don't Kong even know if they dinosaurs. know what they're going to make. You know what I mean? Like, I uh, but that, that's the only narrative I can understand. Is like okay, so we're going to try to make a park out of this, right? Because that's sort of part of right. the story of King Kong is trying to make him an entertainment figure, and it didn't work out. I uh, think. I right. Think- Every King Kong and Godzilla movie at its core is just so people could watch CGI monsters blow up buildings, right? Like that is it's yeah, purpose. It's, it's to show off movie tech. Yes. No one cares about the yes. plot. No one cares about the humans, the characters. That is why people watch these movies is to watch a campy th- big monster movie. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that in like no. a bad way. But I what think I've, Peter Jackson did everything we need out of the story. Right. I really do. I and think then he nailed some. It. I think he did more yeah. than what we needed. Yeah, that bug uh, stuff, that was a bit much. It was, yeah. There's a lot of bug stuff. It's a very long movie. movie. Didn't need to be yeah, that long. Yeah, it really long. is. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I'm getting at, is that King Kong, there's nothing magical or like... Like, I guess what I'm getting at is the people making King Kong movies, I don't think they all realize that about King Kong, which is that it's just we just wanted to watch monsters fight. Like it's you want to hear you want to hear something really disturbing about this project? Sure. So it's being made by Disney. That's the first thing. And mm. to do this, they're exploiting an intellectual property loophole to use the character creatively. Oh no! Which is why it's a series because Warner Brothers owns the creative rights to the okay, character. Okay, so this isn't even going to be attached to those other films, huh? No. It's literally an, an IP exploitation by Disney. Yeah, I'm so not into this. The chief perpetrator of all of all IP like guardianship, like that's Disney, and they're cheating. Jesus Christ! It's wild, man. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, I mean, that's wild Lord because if would, you if you look at yeah. any of the articles about this, they're just plastering photos from Godzilla versus Kong, and it's like no. That's not it. That's not it at all. It's not going to be anything like that. Well, I don't know what it's actually going to be. Uh, uh, yeah, there. I know that there's well, like an you IP said, it's not going to be they're taking advantage yeah. of. Like, I have to just. I don't know if the audience totally understands. So I'm going to. I'm going to tell this dumb story. So, like in 2017 or maybe it was 16. 2016, Cracked made a uh, a Star Wars parody called Galactic War Room. Now, Galactic War Room. Basically, because we were so afraid of Disney's litigious posture on any parody or IP sharing at all, we decided to use a lot of sound alikes for all the Star Wars stuff. So instead of Death Star, we use Doom bases. And instead of, you know, uh, the Force, we use uh, space magic and all this stuff, right? Which in some ways made it funny, in some ways I think convoluted it. Right. And the reason we did that is because Disney would sue the shit out of you just because you didn't have the money to defend yourself, even though you had the right uh, legally to parody because of intellectual property law, right, they knew you, you weren't willing lawyers. to lawyer up. And here they are, not even five years later, exploiting the same like uh, exploiting the same laws that they themselves were exploiting the other way to keep people from doing this. Right? Of course they are. It's insane. 
Uh, anyway, maybe you can cut this whole rant. I don't know. I just, I'm not cutting, like, you keep saying I find I'm gonna it cut so frustrating. I'm not cutting anything. All right. I just find that very frustrating. It's it's like so hypocritical. It's like, dude, you don't need access to King Kong. What the fuck? You don't yeah. need that. You no. have access to every money-making property in movies right now. You know? And again, As I would speak, argue that they probably don't understand it either. So it's it's I don't know, man. It's is a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure some people are going to watch it. I'm sure they're going to like it's it. It's a Disney I'm Plus sure series. Like, it'll I, probably be fine. I think. I, I think. Just, yeah. I think it'll be bare minimum. I think. All right. So we should talk about the next piece of news too, because it, it relates to the thing I said. Yeah, yeah. because it, it, we've talked about it a million times, which is that what the internet was bad in a lot of ways. I'm going to start there. <laughs> And Thank you, Dave. It's great in other ways. That'll narrow this down. Well, what we have to what we have to start doing is have to start deciding what do we and what don't we want the internet to handle. For example, there's that Hot Ones clip going around of Matt Damon explaining very clearly why we don't make good movies anymore. And it's because... I have seen it. Oh, he just explained something that we've talked about a million times, which is that back in the 90s... Um, Hollywood relied on rental and home video sales as well. And what that created was situations where they didn't have to just make movies designed for theatrical releases. These days, right. there's, no home, money later. there's no home, home movie market, right? And so they have to make giant movies that'll make back their money immediately in the, in the theaters, which is why we don't get, you know, middle of the road, why we don't get like Aaron Brockovich, you know? We, we're not going to get those movies anymore. And it's because of this reason, is that middle-of-the-road movies don't make enough money. You can't spend right. $60 million, uh on a movie. You have to either spend $10 million or $200 million, you know? Uh, and and yep. so in the streaming market, it's so telling that the way they describe everything now is with the, with the word content. Where it's like they don't even see it as, they don't even see it as like a work of art or an individual film or an individual TV show, because streaming, they, nothing, nothing makes money back directly. It's just content on a subscription service, right? Right. So, that's what I think of King Kong, which is like they're looking for content, and they just go, oh, right. here's, it's just, here's it's this populating IP. the, yeah. And it's like it ultimately right. it's, a it's, new, it's a nutrient block. Exactly. Right? And it's that's, probably going to be it it's yeah. going to be so generic and so like not, you know, like everything is just getting so samey. And this goes into how HBO has pulled so many animated shows uh, from their yeah. like and that Batgirl movie. And like people are like, how can you do this? What wild. are you doing? And yeah. it's because they don't see this stuff as the work of artists anymore. They just see it as numbers. They just see it as content. And so there's all these animators speaking up and being like, I worked for years on this thing. And not only did they get rid of it, they got rid of it on social media, on YouTube. They're pretending it doesn't exist because they don't want to pay the creators. And it's yeah, absolutely Yeah, you know what it reminds me of, Dish? <laughs> You know what it reminds me what of? What does it remind you of? I think you know exactly what it reminds me of. Yeah. Uh, it, it reminds me of a former a former comedy site we used to work yeah, for. Yeah, it sure it does. Like, wow, this is the same exact thing. Like, and that's it was down to 
down to they're they're literally just deleting it for the tax write off. Right. Uh, and yeah, like Sesame Street, they pulled Sesame Street, and so we have to ask ourselves. Yeah. We have to look at this, and we have to say, what's going on? We do we really want to live in a world where our favorite TV shows are seen as just like this noise of content that they're just they're just putting out on this like weird mathematical and that's what i mean is that i honestly think we have to start thinking about movies in reverse if we want things to get better like like create a library of alexandria type situation people have to, people have to start like, valuing stuff like accessible like physical media again like we have to get back in that mentality I, yeah of course. Because right now... I still buy stuff for that reason. Yeah, and that's the same with CDs, with albums. Because um, the ultimate thing is that there is no there is no good way to have access to all... Like, to access to every album for $8.99 a month. You know what I mean? That is... There is no way for that to be good. That is going to kill an industry. Well, I mean... And if you think about it, right, if you think about it, the promise of it was always built on a fiction that was uh, right. on shaky legs. So, like, I don't like the particulars of the situation, but, like, stepping back in a more sort of a meta commentary way, it's like, yeah, that's right. Uh, this idea of a cheap database for where everything that you love for a very short, like, small amount of money is not a real thing you know like not if you want your artists to continue to make money right. and exist and not if you not if you want to continue to see it in its latest greatest form right uh it, it's just not financially feasible so like yeah you, you know can't we've all it. kind of been backed into a corner yeah it's not possible you can't do it and yeah internet comedy was a version of that for sure it was disposable it was again content it's the version of magazines of comedy magazines that happening to but we're now seeing it for major fucking for a Batgirl movie. Are you kidding me? Like that's that's so fucking weird. Um, we have one other option, Adam. Antitrust laws. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say eliminate the need for money in society. It's one <laughs> or the other, right? <laughs> because that's the thing is that I don't know, Dave. It, I'm not sure about a, that. What we're doing here's what we're doing. We're simulating the idea of a Star Trek universe where it's like, oh, they touch your fingertips. You get every media known to man, right? Or like, oh, sure. we're going to automate everything. Uh, like everything's going to be Star Trek-y. Uh, but we're not eliminating the very key thing you need for that, which is no money. Like you can't have that utopian future where we can just go on our smart TVs and say, I'm going to watch any movie I want. You can't do that without stealing from artists. So you you have to eliminate money, or you just can't do it. I can. I agree that uh, that uh, the existence of money has not exclusively, but largely led to systems of exploitation that we've seen over and over and over. Yeah, and eliminating it would not be would not make the world worse. Money is out, it's as, outstayed its welcome, Adam. Well, yeah, but I but I do want to say I don't think that money if we took away money that some of these tendencies toward exploitation would stop, I no, think a lot find of them would find ways. new forms. Yeah, there'd be new forms, but I agree that this system is flawed enough that it needs to be rethought yeah. uh, because, because money is clearly both a limitation and a, and a system of exploitation more than it is 
a way for people to make their way in life right now. Right. At but this I, time in history, that's what it is. I heavily agree with you where if we're not going to eliminate money, which we probably won't anytime soon, it's we have such to regulate. a huge ask. The, the yeah. idea of free market, this is, the, this is the result of the free market deciding something right for itself completely unregulated with no antitrust laws and we don't like no, that yeah. yeah and it's it's gotten to the point now that like you like literally did you see they canceled a batman animated series and it's like what what fucking hope does any what me and you oh. artists have hope. what hope does any artist struggling artist have when you, they can't even make a batman series That's i know getting dave canceled I, I'm looking into the black bagel just like you are, yeah. buddy. <laughs> like I understand. I know. I under- like it's hard. Be- being a creator is scary, and like, and uh, I, that's why we have strong feelings about it, right? But what I, a- this is about everybody because this is well, it is. What I'm saying is consumer. that in ten years, people are going to be like, "Wait, why isn't there any movies and TV shows anymore? Like, why? What? Like, that's what's happening. Is we're creating a world where." And maybe that's just how it's going to go. Maybe the, the kids of tomorrow are just going to be watching a bunch of YouTube shit. But like at a certain I mean, point, I watch people are going to YouTube shit. Now. Me too. Oh, yeah. I watch Dream. I watch Dream, Adam, and his Minecraft videos <laughs> all the time. I've you watched are all the worst. of them. <laughs> You're the worst. That new manhunt. You're the worst. Oh, yeah. Do you really? Yeah. Uh, see, I kind of feel like, honestly, just side note, Dave, I kind of feel like if it hadn't been named Quibi and put out the way that it had been, and if it was just a YouTube channel, I might have really liked Quibi. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? I might have been like, oh, I'm down. I, I can watch this. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was, I think, all the pretentiousness and just wanting that guy to fail because of his like ego. Right. Uh but I, yeah, like I think there, I think I still believe some person who's not a PewDiePie type will figure out how to make something interesting for cheap enough on the internet to keep that going. Yeah, it but just, that's it's, a different it's discussion. right now, it really feels like late stage. We're on the end of the road for entertainment industry right now. It like, there needs to be a yeah, yeah, we're, we're We're at an evolution point. Yeah, there's an evolution point yeah. here. I agree. I agree. In part because I also think that. Because most entertainment is now only considered as, like, what is a dependable, consumable thing. Like, that's the other piece of thinking of of film and television as content is that, like, it's literally just considered for, like, what will people order from the store? Right. More than, like, what would we like to see in a store? Like, nobody's even asking that question anymore on either end of it. Right. Uh so uh, yeah, man, I I I agree that we're at a reckoning point because uh, everybody wants to have something for free, including the movie executives. Yep, you know they want they want eyeballs for free. The advertisers on like YouTube and stuff they want eyeballs for mostly free. Like a lot of people don't want to pay for stuff, including the consumers. Oh yeah, and the reality is, no man, it all costs money. It all has to cost money. That's just the deal. Right. If you want, and maybe stuff, money's bad. If, sure. If you want to, if the people being like, "Fuck, why did they get rid of Batgirl?" It's like, well, you got you have to pay for these things, and we haven't been paying for these things. We don't want ads. We don't want to spend. The, we want we want to spend twenty dollars to have access to thousands of movies, and it's like, well, guess what? Each of those movies cost millions of dollars to make. It doesn't add up. The math doesn't work. I would agree. I mean, but I, it also especially doesn't work when uh, for a movie studio to exist or for like a, a streaming service to exist or whatever, it has to be part of this large chain of corporations mm-hmm. who are so distant from the products they make 
that they don't have to care right. about the impact. It's not our fault, uh, by the way. If someone offered us all the movies for 20 bucks and we said, yeah. <laughs> yes. No, like, of course not. Of course, I, I, of course <laughs> not. Yeah. But, but also, like, I also recognize the, the 2000s Napster piece of this. Which is that right. you know you and I are you and I are being Lars Ulrich right now and being like hey man we like everybody wants all this stuff for cheap and like so corporations are going to cheat us out of our money and we deserve to get paid and everyone like bah and and it's like and they they were right to be upset especially because Metallica was extremely rich yeah. but aside from that the larger point of like yeah but it's that's true artists are suffering it's not Metallica that's suffering but it's you know dudes like the Dave out here who is going to have a hard time selling his weird-ass fucking, you know, uh, hobo with a sci-fi shotgun sequel. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, like, that's going to be hard for you to sell in this climate because it doesn't have Batman in it. Right. But even you know? if it has Batman in it, it it's might not, not get... It's not a guarantee. Yeah. Right. Fucking it's not wild. a guarantee. It's... Yeah, I I think as a slightly more moderate figure than you, I think it's fair to say I'm a little bit more moderate than you, uh, I think if we're not going to do away with the idea of me of money, uh, thus necessitating what will probably end up being a police state of some kind. Sure. Cause that's, that's what comes from that. Uh, then I would like to see more robust antitrust laws being enforced. Right. Because I think that's a big piece of why this domino's falling. You know, it doesn't fix the whole problem, but I feel like antitrust laws would prevent this kind of shit from happening. Uh, here's and, my, and so here's my yeah, pitch. I'm ready. All internet back to dial up. <laughs> then what we don't. Do no porn, problem. Dave? No problem. You what are you going to do for porn? You Dave? wait for your porn. You're you not wait do that. for that fucking picture to tick, tick, you know tick, what? slowly tick down. <laughs> you know what, man? It's been a little while since you were single. I don't think you're really thinking this through, bro. <laughs> Just wait for it you to, need tick to really down. think about it. There's magazines still. There's movies. You can get some VHS tapes. There's no money in magazines, bro. Are there they even will still be. Playboy? There will be when we're all on dial-up. That's what I'm you saying. Sound, you sound like a real reverse Quibi boy right Tyler, now. That's what we you got sound Tyler like. Durden, the internet. Uh, we got <laughs> we got to take it all back. <laughs> I, where, where I come from, I dream of skins of animals. Everyone's wearing one of them. The internet's just dial-up. You sounded just <laughs> it sounded just like Brad Pitt. Exactly how he sounds. That's exactly bro. how he sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Can we? By the way, has anybody ever tried to conceive of what his world was from that one description, like that sequence where he's describing it? He wanted like the Last you know? of Us. No, I know what he wanted. Kinda. He wanted. He wanted us to go back to just pre pre civilization where we're all just like you know cave people, right? Yeah, a little more he was, like, really like, uh, uh, Mad Max. It's more Mad Max. It, the way he described the clothes, I just couldn't get over it. Yeah. It's like everybody had one set of clothes. It was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's the way. Right. Why Why can't we that wash our clothes, crazy. Tyler Durden? Yeah. yeah. Like, what's the plan with that, Tyler Durden? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We should thank some more producers. Sure. Uh, My God, there's so many to thank. There's so many to thank. You guys are so beloved. I know. Uh, big thank you to Del Griffith, the shower curtain fella. Uh, <laughs> thank you to the Midnight <laughs> sure Patron with Patrons at Midnight classic thank you to exploding runes thanks thank you to andrew the proud satanist how thank oh, you to thank you. thank you to vincent ta sure thank you to rev md yeah thank you thank you to bootler bootleson <laughs> you're really dave in that line thank you thank thanks, you to, thank you to tux Thank you, Tux. Tux. thank you to ricky cilantro Tux. thank you to norm I love that name 
Norm from Cheers. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you to thank Space you. Nick McNulty. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, also a good name. Thanks to your mom. Thanks. Uh, thanks to Nolan Tubi's Dark Herald Maiden. Thanks. <laughs> thanks to Andrew. Adam Ganser deserves more hype. McGuire. Woo! Hey, thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, thanks to AJ. Thank you. Thanks to Tip Drizzle. Tip Driz. Tip Driz. Thanks to Burrito Mouth. Thank you. Uh, thanks to the ghost of Dave Thomas. Thank you. Thanks to Aaron. <laughs> it's Aaron Burser. Thank you. Thanks to Christopher Robert Sparts Esquire. Thank you. Thanks to Mackenzie Fuck Shuffling with Willem Dafoe's Confusingly Large Dick Chill. Thank you. Thanks to Funky J. Thanks. And thanks once and for all to Pie Guy. Thank you, Pie Guy. Thank you, Pie Guy. When I say, when I go, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The t- the the waveform yeah. looks like a carrot. Thank you. <laughs> carrot. That's neat, Dave. Carrot. <laughs> you know, you sound like you sound like my friend who's a DP who used to get high and then just like pour smoke and milk into a container and film it and be like, <laughs> look at it. It's so cool. That you're is like, cool. All right, but you're never going to use that in a movie, bro. Yeah. It was very cool. Yeah. It was very cool. He loved it. He loved it so much. He's a beautiful guy. Yeah. Uh, Dave. What? Hey, Dave. What? Dave, do you happen to have several movies that deserve more hype? I do. Do you happen to? I do. Oh! I do, I do, I do. I knew you did. Yeah. I saw the doc. Yeah, you, you did. That's how you I knew. I saw it. That's why you asked. There. Listen, yeah. Adam. I'm listening. I do. Okay. I have two movies that deserve more Thanks, hype. Thanks, Dave. Uh, the first one is called... Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. This is from the director mm. of A Girl Walks Home at, uh, at, at yep. Night. Did I get that right? Yeah. Um, I believe you did. The vampire one. Uh, and yep. the Bad Batch. Um, and this is, uh, looks just as fucking wild. This is about a, a young woman who escapes a mental institution who clearly has superpowers, specifically the power to uh, make anybody do anything she wants. She's Pusher from the X-Files. She's- She's telekinetic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And she runs into Kate Hudson, who plays a dancer. Um, this is all in um, New Orleans. And uh, I, I love Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson from the trailer. Yes. It's like, wow, she's doing something fucking awesome in this movie. Yeah. And they become friends. Right. And that's yeah. that's what the trailer promises. And that's she's what the a, synopsis is. She's sort of a caregiver like an inadvertent caregiver for this young girl who's escaped from an asylum that's what it is right yeah so this okay so here's the thing that's like clearly appealing about this movie what's clearly appealing is the cinematography and the saturated colors that are very like (laughs) this is like a weird reference but you ever played the game watchdogs 2 dave sure Okay, uh, I was just ticking, like dicking around with this the other day. It kind of looks like that game. Like it has that sort of like that sort of uh, young graffiti art. Oh, it's not graffiti, but like that same sort of like meme looking yeah, color scheme. I get you. It's got a, it's got a little bit of that going for it. It's, it's like, got a great wide angle lens. Right. It's uh, the neon noir you know? look. I believe yeah. it's called. Yeah. And it's awesome. Uh, it's awesome. But Dave, here's my concern. You ready? Am mm-hmm. I allowed to have concerns in the more hype yeah. section? Okay, 
uh, I read the reviews of this, or I guess I read the synopses of this, and it is exactly what I was afraid of, which is the plot is not that great. That is what people are saying. The sure. script is very A to B. That was my concern when I watched. It was like, this doesn't, this looks cool, but is the story cool? I don't know how cool the story is. I don't is. know. This isn't about this isn't about that. It's about whether or not it deserves more hype. And I would argue it deserves more hype. I, I guess more than none. More than sure. none. Yeah, there you it, go. I mean, just the look of it alone is like more than none. <clears throat> it looks very interesting. The Kate Hudson of it all. Yeah, the Kate Hudson yeah. of it all. The director, she's just, you know, if you like her other films, she's you'll cool. probably like this. Um, it's worth noting. Uh, it's not, it, it's tough because yeah, there's, I'm more excited about the next one, but when I saw this trailer, I was like, Oh, I, I should throw that on too, because that is, this is worth looking at. It's called Mona Lisa and the blood moon. Um, it's got Craig Robinson in it as like the cop that's yep. like pursuing her. And that He's seems so really good. fun. Yeah. It looks fun. I agree that the plot is probably fairly straightforward. Um, more so than I think the movie the trailer lets on but i'm very curious about this one craig robinson is uh, such a cool dude i love him so much i saw him at ralph's once i saw him oh i'm so glad you said that because i was like should i tell the story i saw him at a karaoke bar nice uh he was singing karaoke i got very drunk and somebody like dared me to go talk to him did you (laughs) i was like all right i will so yes so i went over to talk to him but he just looked at me he's like nah man that's (laughs) pretty funny that was it so i wandered away that's amazing Sadly, having been rejected by craig robinson getting rejected by a celebrity it happens bruce campbell refused to hug me into this yeah yeah Yeah. why would he yeah no why would he why would he hug me that's that's what it comes down to is like i don't yeah why would he i don't he doesn't owe me anything you know what we got to do we got to go to their house (laughs) Uh, and we hug yeah. them. Get it on. Get it there. We'll pitch them stuff. Yeah, get them while they sleep. They, they'll definitely like us if we're in their house. Exactly. That's, how it works. that's the. Yeah, they'll that's definitely what like they call us house there. rules, right? This, <laughs> it's the call house likes. Yeah, yeah, house they're gonna likeies. really like us there in their house. Um, house likeies. That's <laughs> likeies. Second trailer, Adam, and people this saw this. Great. Yeah, people saw this yeah. one coming. Tom tweeted it at me, but I want to state that I already knew about it. So there, Tom. Of course. Uh, this sure. is something in the dirt. Um, tell me, Adam, have you seen the works of Justin Benson I've and Aaron Moorhead? I have. Yeah. I liked The Endless quite a bit. Me too. Uh, I really like Spring. I think they're really creative filmmakers. Uh, I like that they're still doing it. I think they do a lot with very little. Uh, yeah, I think they deserve they're, hype. They're, they're Neil, really good. They're Neil Breen, but good. You know, where it's like yes. you, can, you can see the seams because it's very indie. And they they star in everything, but they actually That's make the good things. Well, uh, th- I think the problem is they won't give up acting. If they would give up acting, well, I think that they would have a bigger film yes, career. Yes, in their defense, they did direct two TV series recently. Um, good for them. In fact, the, the very offensive article I read about this framed it as from the directors of Moon Knight. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like... It's it's uh, Benson and Morbid. Yeah, that's right. not who they are at all. But yes, they di- they directed see as uh, episodes of Moon Knight and um, Archive eighty one. Um, and they are yeah. If people haven't seen Spring or The Endless, they are so good at sci fi concepts. There's uh, The Endless is great. Synchronic. Really I really good. I liked Synchronic as well, which actually yeah. has a budget behind it. Um, I get why they don't want to because here's the thing: is their strongest movies are the ones that they star in. 
uh, which is weird. I think, but, they, um, I think they're of the Kubrick school in as, insofar as they're like, look, all we need is to be able to make enough money to survive, you know, to like right. live and we can keep doing this. And I mean, honestly, they're kind of living a dream. They are. It's like, you know, if, if you and I could make a movie every three, four years that was our movie and it was enough for us to, you know, have the same lifestyle we have now, that's not the worst life, yeah. Dave. It's not your dream, but it's not the worst life. That's really what it is, is it really feels like they're yeah. making movies for them with the money they have and enough people like their movies, me being one of them. Sure. Um, me too. This is, from the synopsis, this actually reminds me a little bit of the plot of Nope. I don't think it's going to be the same, but... Um, in fact, it's very different too, but like some of the themes, it's about two filmmakers who like move in together and like they need a, like a place to stay in an unfurnished apartment and they witness uh, an object in the apartment levitating and yep. they obsess over this thing levitating and they decide to make a film about this levitating object and what it is and they're pursuing it and Someone described it as a cross between Poltergeist and Close Encounters of the Third Time, Third Kind. Um, that seems right. Yeah. Uh, so it looks really fucking fascinating. Something in the dirt. Uh, absolutely, check it out. I think it's a. It's got a little meta commentary on it, which is why I think it's going to be a little like Nope. Whereas Nope has a little meta commentary about the industry. I think this is going to be that as well. I think they always have a little bit of meta commentary anyway, mm-hmm. don't they? I'd say so. I yeah, don't just know. Just a touch. A, like, a touch, not, yeah. Not not um, not an amount that's like roll your eyes. Uh, right, and I imagine this is probably the most that meta commentary. Sure. But it looks, I don't know, if you've seen The Spring or Endless, I don't need to sell you on this. I literally put this in the more hype section before even watching the trailer or seeing what it was because I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, these two have given me such good, such good things. This is, they are living the indie filmmaker dream. They really uh, are. I mean, I guess, I guess they're living the current version of the indie filmmaker dream. Like the real indie filmmaker dream is Tarantino, uh, but they're living a, a, a version of it that I would be happy to live, and so would you. Yeah, yeah. Right? It feels like they're like the last indie filmmakers to me. Um, Everybody says that. I know. That's the thing I know. that gets said all the time. But that's the vibe they give off, right? It's like you watch their stuff and you're like, oh, this is some fucking indie filmmaking. Like it feels like some, this is what, I don't know. It, it's it, their use of digital effects, their use of like digital cameras, I assume. Um, it just feels like the way indie filmmaking should feel more often nowadays. It, but there's tons of indie captures- films out there. It captures what is lovable about indie film uh, yeah. because it feels very much like these guys did most of the jobs. Right. And I, I was going like, to say, that's part a really of, good movie. Part of it is the, the fact that they're in it. That's like 90s right. indie, you know, that's Spike Lee right. and Kevin Smith shit. Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, more power to him. You know, like when you can do it and uh, you're good enough at it, they keep paying you to do it. That's the dream. Yeah. And they're doing that. So check it out. Who am I? You know, that's exciting check check it out check all this out check you all know, this check, out check out check out jackass too, yeah if you haven't seen jackass and check just that out. um go on your computer check it out. google movies yeah. yeah check those out yeah yeah <laughs> check those out check out movies. by the way would you be shocked to find out that mario sopranos already exists no i didn't look it up but i bet you it does oh yeah i bet you right? it does 
Yeah, I feel like there's no way that we just created a new idea like that's that obvious that somebody right. didn't already do. Yeah, someone Google you know? Mario Sopranos. Right. Also, <laughs> Google right. Mario's yeah. penis. Yeah. You'll get something. Just those words. Something will come up. That'll come up. Something will for sure come up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt there's all kinds of animated porn out there for mm-hmm. that, uh, that according to you, we should be waiting 10 minutes to see. Right. Some, uh, yeah. Google cartoon <laughs> That's your, pornography. That's your... <laughs> Give it a shot. I don't think anybody needs to do that. I think all they need to do is watch long enough and see what your girlfriend sends me in the mail. Sure. Because that's that's probably en route as we speak. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. More of this cartoon pornography. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I doubt it, Dave. I doubt that very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, pleasant is the word that I doubt. Are you are you growling? I am. Hey, so are you are you almost awake now? It's one o'clock. Yeah, are you... I'm getting there. I gotta pee. You want to go? Oh. Sure. I mean, I kind of wanted to stay with you while we pee and just no. keep talking. But I can't bring the microphone all the way in there. Um, that's just a, that's a lack of effort, Dave. That's really all I need that a portable is. podcasting mic for sure. Something that I can strap to my head like I'm fucking Hunter S. Yeah. Thompson. Yeah. Or, counterpoint, a diaper. <laughs> Either one. A diaper, or a Dave. diaper mic. Diaper mic. Oh, diaper mic. Mm. Write that down, producers. Yeah. That's, that's so Google, right yeah, there. write down that's diaper mic, idea. Mario's penis. Look it up. Uh, yeah. I- Italians, Sony Soprano. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't. I don't want any generic races on my Google list, bro. Sure. I don't think that's that's not the way. Sure. That's not the way. Anyway, let me know how the peeing goes. Dave. I will, Adam. You want to plug stuff again? Oh, thank you. I'd love to. Uh, again, if you are not aware of the video game podcast One Upsmanship I do with Michael Swaim on the iHeart Network, now you are. Go check it out. We're covering. Uh, every great video game from time began till time burns out Ooh. and deciding which of them lands on the celestial hard drive Ooh. to be preserved for all eternity. <laughs> and sometimes Dave is on the, mm-hmm. on it. So you guys talk about uh, that Mario? <laughs> you talk about that Mario gonna, guy? Well, actually, there is a Mario game slated in the next couple months. Ooh. So you're excited to hear that. Nice. Uh, so yeah, check that out. If you're already a fan and you've listened to it, but you haven't rated and reviewed, please do that. Because we would love to have the podcast reach New Year's, because New Year's means new audience, mm-hmm. which means more great stuff for you. Also, you can check out my other podcast that I do with my pals Abe and Maggie and Mike on uh, the Small Beans Network. Uh, it's a sister network. I'm sure you're aware of it. I'm sure I'm not the one breaking news to you, but you can check it out on Patreon forward slash Small Beans, and uh, you'll see Director Peace Theater, and I'll show you mine if you show me yours, and Escape from the Multicurse. And so many episodes of entertainment that I'm about here pumping away every day for you because I love you all. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Of course. Thanks for being on. You did great. Great co-host. Good job. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I miss Tom, though. Yeah. He would have shamed me by now at least once. Wait, what? Right? I'm feeling... He would have shamed me by now at least once, right? Like... Tom? You know, like... yeah, I just miss you know he he's like the guy with the ruler yeah, wraps around knuckles. Yes, when I have a humiliation fetish as well, and like Tom really helps with that. <laughs> I understand. He really does. Yeah, yeah, he's so good at uh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. Um, I'm listening. Who am I? My name is Dave. Uh, the podcast. <laughs> but who are you? This, this is, is this question. was this has been Hypecast. This is how we end all the episodes. <laughs> totally normal. Uh, listen, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com yeah. slash Gamefully Unemployed. Yeah. You go on there. You give $5 yeah. a month, you get access to a bunch of podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder's Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and Spielboys. 
Those are all exclusive on there. $5 a month. We watch movies with our patrons every Friday night. That's another thing you can do. Uh, you can go to pay, uh, gamefullyunemployed.com and that'll give you a link to our Teespring store. So you can check that out as well. That is it. Well, I think I think the audience deserves to know if you'd like to hear Dave and I talk even a little bit more. Oh yeah. Uh, un- unfortunately, there are no podcasts that we have ever not made a single together. one. Uh, not a single one. If there were, they would not be about Twilight or about Fifty Shades That's of Grey. Correct. And if you Google it and something shows up, you're a liar. Fuck you. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Don't Google it. Google so, Mario's penis. Don't Google that. Yeah. That's what you should Google. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do what we say. Yeah. Okay. Our music is produced by Chris Corlew. You can follow him on Twitter at, at the Corlew, C-O-R-L-E-W, and find more music at shipwreckedsailor.bandcamp.com. Our artwork is produced by Justin Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at, at Justin T. Brown, and find more of his artwork at artnessbyjustinbrown.com and justinbrown.info.